When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Wynahan. And it's double crossed <laughs> part two. Oh God, part two, double love, double crossed. Everything's it's, double. <laughs> it's weirdly confusing. When I was starting to say it, I uh, was like, "Double? I, what? Have I, have I? Is this going to be one of those occasions where I say, welcome to Pi Beat Alpha'?" <laughs> then realize <laughs> it's the wrong show, and I have to go back and re-record <laughs> but no it is double love double crossed part two there we go it's just you know not the catchiest of titles as episodes go <laughs> no um or the uh, well i mean we don't have any taglines and blurbs we did have an incredibly spoilery blurb last week <laughs> which i um i've never been so grateful for the kindle because i was genuinely surprised by some of the twists and turns and luckily the quality of the cover image was so bad i couldn't make out she was on it so that was good <laughs> that worked out very well for you <laughs> yeah. um but as uh even though karen beautifully described that cover <laughs> last week we're not going to leave you hanging in part two uh can you describe the the uk cover which is when we got over here too I can indeed. So we have our requisite silky background. Of course. Uh, it's red this time for maximum drama. Mm, sexy. Um, <laughs> you would think. Um, <laughs> and then I guess because it's somehow Halloween now, um, there's like a really shit like mask. Um, but it's one of those like full face, like one that you pull over your head kind of a mask, like with a real rubbery face. Oh. Um, and like the really like like wiry black hair like stuck onto it. You know the kind of ones I mean that your face would get really super sweaty underneath it. Yes, but I this is baffling that this is the uh, uh, this is a very strange cover choice. I mm. feel it's very strange. I mean, a pumpkin probably would have done the job here, but no, they went with <laughs> this weird mask. I think it might have fangs. It's it's like a weird like generic spooky face. Yeah, mask. I'm looking at it now, and yeah, it looks like a sort of like maybe an evil clown. Does it have a red nose? I think that's just the lighting. (laughs) (laughs) In whatever photographer studio got this insane gig. I know they're putting together still life just going, what has become of me? (laughs) (laughs) So there is this weird mask. It's kind of folded in half. Like it's not the most compelling of covers. Um, There's like dollar bills kind of stuck in underneath it. Oh, they're $20 bills. Uh, So there's two of those with um, like red petals on them. I think there's like gloopy bits of what's meant to be blood possibly. It's very confusing. Or are they like jelly beans? Oh, maybe they're jelly beans because it's, Halloween and no one's trick or treating in this book. So I don't know. It's it's a very odd choice of a cover you want to sell to like 13 year old girls. Mm, Very strange. There's like 
they they look like candy canes or it's more like sticks of rock actually oh, that's kind of in plastic yeah. wrappers so it's like someone had to go out and try and buy some like American looking sweets in <laughs> London and they came back with like sticks of rock and yeah. red jelly beans and they were like here leave me alone <laughs> and it was July so there were no Halloween masks <laughs> yeah, exactly so yeah they were they were struggling I feel like with this <laughs> they really were but you know. Yeah, so while while the official cover may have been a struggle for, for uh-huh. us over here in Ireland and in the UK, I think we can all agree that someone else has come to our rescue this week when it comes to uh, appropriate imagery for, oh. for this book. <laughs> they sure have. This is truly a work of genius from friend of the show, Christopher. I mean... I, I'm actually speechless. It's so Truly. Resida, <laughs> you have... Outdone yourself. I <laughs> I feel like we really put the pressure on in the last episode, but holy shit, did you deliver? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, we've already shared this on Twitter. Of course, you sh- you know, do follow Cressida uh, yourselves. Um, mm. But uh, can you describe this work of art? We will share I... it again after oh, this episode absolutely. is released. We will have to. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it would be illegal not to share yes. it again. Um, yeah, like it's... Stunning. I <laughs> so good. Like it's it's actually more accurate than the book cover itself because we we have Jessica in her little outfit. She's got her little gauzy shawl on to replicate her what looks like a genie outfit on the, the American cover. She's standing outside of a little timber cabin, which is where this scene actually takes place and not in the house. Um so she's outside the cabin, there's plants around doing a great job of of uh, duplicating the woods outside the cabin. There's tiny pumpkins. And we over have, the pumpkins. We have the wonderful side that is Cressida's version of Jeremy and Sue uh embracing. Oh so we have Sue fully dressed as a witch like a little black shawl on pointy hat this is incredible work and Jeremy (laughs) is being played by what looks like one of those like um like a wrestling action figure I can't yeah I I thought he was an action man but he's almost too burly no he looks like a wrestler dude like a little um WWE action figure he looks like one of those guys. Oh, I couldn't figure yeah. out who he, he looks like. He has the look of a 90s wrestler, like, I don't know, Ric Flair or somebody <laughs> like that. But I just couldn't quite pinpoint who he was exactly. But my God, it's perfect because as we know, Jeremy is super blonde. We're always told how blonde he is, even though he's got brown hair on the cover because oh, once again, the cover fucked it up. But you know what? Did. Cressida came and saved the day. We've got blonde <laughs> Jeremy or Witchy Sue or Jessica looking on horrified outside so, the cabin. It's just... <gasps> I think the best part is that the Jessica doll is beaming. beaming. <laughs> so it looks like she's sort of looking fondly on. And also <laughs> the size discrepancy between Sue and action figure Jeremy oh, is just oh it incredible. Just, it really, you know, it really, it seals the deal for me. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I think this might be my favourite jet. Everything about it, the attention to detail. Honestly, it's so it's, good. I'm so impressed that there's even a cabin in there. Like, it's just... It's I'm, more accurate on many levels than the actual book cover. So like, much more accurate. Like, 
like a hundred percent more accurate. <laughs> it's incredible. So yeah, we will absolutely be sharing this on both Instagram and Twitter, but also follow Cressida at Cressida yeah. Burton uh, on Instagram and Twitter because she is doing the Lord's work. She <laughs> truly is. In fact, do you know who Jeremy looks a bit like? I hope everybody's seen the new Ken song from the Barbie film that they oh, just yeah. released this week. And Ken's Ken has an amazing sort of ballad uh, about how uh, anywhere else he's Ken, anywhere else he'd be a ten, but <laughs> here he's just a sort of just another Ken. Oh, <laughs> and at one stage, uh, Brian Gosling is with his bleach blonde uh, crop, is wearing a sort of a and with it over his very muscly physique, is wearing a little, little black waistcoat. Oh, so, wow, very Ken vibes there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yes, it's it's very on trend, Cressida. Um oh, good. the film of the summer has has a little shout out in it, but no pressure on you. But if you feel like doing any more of these, <laughs> we'd be if you're enjoying it yourself. This is the thing, yes. <laughs> we would be very, very appreciative because truly these are works of genius. Honestly, like we could spend all day talking about that, whereas literally the UK cover, it's like, ah, oh, stupid mask. I don't know. It's terrible. <laughs> Moving on to something more fun. <laughs> we could wax lyrical about for five minutes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, from the sublime to the ridiculous, um, let us begin part two of Double Love, Double Cross. <laughs> <laughs> double Jeopardy, Double Fucking Trouble. Who knows? <laughs> Well, we begin in the Casa uh, and it's a Friday morning, apparently. Time is bouncing all over the place in this oh book. Oh God, just, you know what, forget about it, trying to make any kind of sense out of this <laughs> timeline, because I swear to God, it's like suddenly halfway through this, they'll suddenly be like, two weeks later, and you're like, wait, what? What's <laughs> Never done that before. Like, they were clearly so determined to get a Halloween into this book and then Christmas into two books later that they're just like, fuck it, five weeks have passed. Right. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Just compressing September, October into like five weeks. Yeah, this is what's happening now. <laughs> well, uh, the Wakefields are breakfasting. Uh, Sue is still uh, in her boudoir. Um, and actually, do you know what? Before we go any further, we do have to sort of break the break the mood a bit and just Ooh. give you a little content warning, mm. um, because there are references to attempted suicide in this book. Now it's in the usual stupid sweet valley way, but just so you know, um, yeah, we don't want anyone getting blindsided by it. Yeah, exactly, and it is uh, it's going to happen uh, fairly soon. So you know, if you want to. If it's something you really don't want to have any references to, um, feel free to skip ahead. Mm. So just uh, thought we should just let you know now. Um, so back to the casa. Uh, Jessica is back, of course, um, and she's only been home for one day, but she's uh, she's ready to go back to Linus because she's frankly, I think, uh, realistically worried about Sue taking revenge. <laughs> yes, and I guess rightly so. But yeah, so like, I think Jessica has like just dropped the bombshell that she and Jeremy are engaged. So this is like the next morning, I think. Yes, in yes. So tensions are pretty high. Um, and she's been making sure that her, her whole door... <laughs> The door, yeah, the door into her room and the door from the bathroom into her room are locked when she was going to bed the night before because she reckons, yeah, that, you know, Sue Sue might look as though she were taking it all very well, but one never knew. Better to be safe. So she is safety first at the minute. I mean, I'd watch my back if I were you, Jessica. 
I'm surprised no one's tried. Oh, I was going to say, I'm surprised well, no one's tried to kill her already, but somebody literally has <laughs> several times in the last 10 books. It was a whole thing. <laughs> the fucking werewolf tried to do it, and then Margot nearly got her in a boathouse. Attempts on this girl's life. <laughs> so, yeah, Jessica watching her back should just be her default state at this stage, to be honest. <laughs> Death could come at any time. So Jessica. true. <laughs> it's just around the corner. <laughs> well, uh, as well as worrying about Sue murdering her, she's also <laughs> pissed off because you might remember she tried to ring Jeremy last night and, uh, of course, he, he was out and it we hush to him gazing at his framed photographs of both Jessica and Sue mm. um, so uh, yeah she he never rang her back uh, unsurprisingly and she's not pleased but um, the rest of the family sort of make chit chat Liz is going to talk to Mr Collins <laughs> I'm going to save a full Mr Collins cry because he will appear in person for the first really? time in Forever. Oh, so long. Oh my God, it's been ages. I can't even remember when the last one was. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's going to talk about her Go Maths article and uh, Alice discovers, you know, a potential outing like, oh, you know, it's nearly autumn. Um, maybe we'll go for a big drive, just the four of us. And uh, Jessica reminds her that it may not be the four of them. Yes, because of course there is the threat of boarding school hanging over Jessica at the minute. So she points out that if she is in fact at boarding school, it's just going to be the three of them. Um, so Ned is just like, yep, that's true. We'll have to play it by ear. Well, I better get going. <laughs> Ned is like, I am not listening to any of this. You bitches can deal with this yourselves. Bye. <laughs> I also kind of like that he doesn't sort of take Jessica's, you know, he just doesn't play ball with Jessica. No, he doesn't take the like, bait at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, you might be in boarding school. How about that? You bitch. <laughs> oh, and when he goes to, when he gets to work, he's going to make an appointment with the dean. Mm. Um, what's the dean of a, like a boarding school? I think I like the principal because like I know sure. colleges have deans, but yeah. Just, I mean, Americans do your high schools have deans too. <laughs> but anyway, um, Liz is really stressed by all this, you know, general turmoil. Uh, and then Alice realizes there's no sign of Sue. Oh, yes. Apparently she's been sleeping in lately. But uh, but that day she was planning to go to work uh, at the Project Nature office in L.A. Uh, so she should be up by now. So Liz offers to to go wake her up. Um, so she heads up to, well, it's Stephen's room, of course, that Sue is yeah. staying in. So she knocks on the door. There's no answer. She knocks again. She's like, Sue, are you going to work today? Uh, and then Liz starts getting really panicky because there's no answer at all. Um, and she can't get the door open. So then mm. the, the rest of the Wakefields join her and they're like, what's going on here? So Ned is kind of pounding on the door, uh, calling for Sue. There's still no answer. So he's about to bust the door open. Um, but Jessica's like, no, wait, there's a better way. And like runs off to her room, comes back with like a little hairpin and picks the lock. <laughs> Where was Jessica like an expert lock picker? She must have picked it up on her internship in London. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they go into Stephen's room and uh, Jessica's relieved because she's just like, oh, Sue's asleep. Um, she looks young and peaceful, almost serene. Mm. But then Liz cries, don't you get it? She's not asleep. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So Liz uh, picks up Sue's hand, which is really cold, and she's kind of patting it and trying to wake her up. But then apparently the rest of the family spot that there's an empty overturned pill bottle lying Yikes. on the floor uh, and a note beside it. So Jessica gasps. Uh, she kind of snatches up the note. Uh, in fairness, Ned gets to work straight away. He starts doing CPR. Alice calls for an ambulance. Jessica's kind of just standing there, 
not really knowing what the hell to do. Uh, so she reads the note, but then the ambulance arrives super quick. So we don't know what it says just at the minute. Oh, oh no, we do. It's, it gives her a few, it gives a few spidery handwritten words. Oh, so it does. Yes, you're right. Uh, but it is, there is a bit where like, I think Alice literally like shoves Jessica out <laughs> of the way because she's just standing in the middle of the room while like everyone is trying to sort this fucking situation out. But um, yes, yeah, so she she does read the note. Yeah. And it says, everyone, please forgive me. I don't want to hurt anyone or cause pain. But with everything that's happened lately, there isn't any point in going on. Um, so Jess reads this and she's completely shell-shocked by the whole thing and kind of watches Sue being loaded onto a stretcher. Uh, and she's just thinking, this isn't my fault. There's no way this could be my fault. This is definitely not my fault. Like, this is such a weird, like, what is it typically Jessica kind of Very reaction typical. that's about her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and obviously uh, people, you know, who would have to take their own lives, it is very complicated. And it's mm. not in real life. It is not caused by other individuals. But... Mm. In the universe of this, uh, in this book, this is the second person who has tried as a result of Jessica's actions. Yeah. And it's weird that there's no reference to Annie Whitman. No. At all. They, like, they kind of wiped that out. I think they made, they realized it was one of those things. Yeah. Like, you know, they've had a few of these instances where they were like, oh shit, if we were mind that we this this person is becomes so unsympathetic that this is the thing it's like do we really need to make one of our main characters completely fucking irredeemable yes uh, like, like a horrific of, bully like you kind of did already lads in a yeah. few books and quite early on in the series but yeah there's a certain amount of kind of whitewashing jessica's past uh mm-hmm. crimes away to a certain amount so it's just like oh this is a new thing that's happened this has never happened before mm. but we know we remember <laughs> We never forget. Well, actually, we do. We forget we forget things. so much. Oh my God, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. What, was I, what have I been saying? We forget, but we don't forgive. <laughs> That's our motto from now on. <laughs> Luckily, we have all of you listeners to, uh, to remind us of uh, the many, many twists and turns Very and good. characters that we have forgotten. <laughs> um, so while Jessica's assuaging her guilt, we Cushed to Sweet Valley High, and Liz and Enid are leaving the canteen en route to maths class. And Enid is understandably shocked by the news because it turns out Sue took all her tranquilizers. Um, and uh, Liz uh, says, because uh, oh, sorry, Enid asks, like, what hmm. did Jessica have to say about it? And uh, Liz, like, not a lot, but she does sort of excuse her sister. Yeah, she kind of says, I know she usually asks acts for selfish reasons, but I'm sure she never intended for Sue to to try this. She was crying in the waiting room. But like, yeah, I think they were, they're all just kind of shocked at the minute that, that Sue was taking it so hard because yeah. she was kind of, seemed to be doing well uh, mm. as far as they could tell for the last while. So yeah. yeah, so everyone's just really kind of shocked by this and Enid as well. It was like, God, she's kind of figured that, that Sue would get over this whole Jeremy thing with a bit of time. And Liz is like, yep, I guess we all did. So mm. uh, yeah, but they're they're on the way to their new maths class. Yes. And uh, when the new maths teacher arrives, he's a hunk. Oh my God. <laughs> He sure is. He's tall. He's in his mid-thirties. And he has wavy chestnut hair. <laughs> mm. And warm brown eyes. Lovely. And she thinks he doesn't look too much like a sexist pig. <laughs> That's how they trick you, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently his name is Mr. Barton. Um, mm. And he has been trained in this Go Math project. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so some of our old pals are here: Penny, Olivia, Maria, Claire Middleton, Caroline Pierce, Grace Oliver. She who is Grace Oliver? Because <laughs> I too was reading this list of names and I was like, oh yes, ah, Claire Middleton, love to see her around. And Grace Oliver, who? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, please, listeners, if she's something oh, no. else we've forgotten, let us know. And we probably have. <laughs> well, at least we know we haven't uh, encountered the next person who's mentioned before because they make a big deal about the fact that nobody really knew her. Molly Adams, who was the shy girl who was being hooted at for getting maths wrong in the last uh, mm. episode. Um, so uh, Mr. Burton tells them that, you know, you might think that this is kind of singling out female students as being kind of backward, but, you know, this isn't what it's about. And now I guess they keep saying, he says, these classes are based on the fact there are inescapable fundamental social differences between adolescent males and females. Now, I don't know if he's implying that these differences are socialized, which, you know, there's a point there. Or if it's mm. like they're fundamental and it's nurture, not nature. Yeah, it does seem to be leaning more that way, I feel like. Yeah, but, it does. You know, there's there's mm. not much room for nuance in 90s <laughs> YA when it comes to these kind of experiments, really. So, uh, yeah, but it does it does feel like he's just saying they're basically boys and girls are different and that's all there is. To yeah. <laughs> Though he does stress, not intellectual, uh, not, in, you know, not in any regard, not in regards to intelligence or ability mm. to learn or natural abilities, such as a predisposition to being good or maths, but it's all social. And uh, Edith knows where she stands on this new teacher because um, she's written a little message to Liz on the margin of her <laughs> notebook. Liz glances down and she sees that Enid has written hunk in the margin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Good for you, Enid. <laughs> She's telling it like it is. She sure is. Straight talking. So, <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> so Liz uh, thinks that this, you know, this is going to make her Oracle article pretty uh, interesting. Mm. So in the bathroom at Sweet Valley High, Jessica has been telling Lila all about what happened that morning. And uh, she blames Sue. Just basically says like, stupid bitch. Basically, yeah, Christ. Oh, God, yeah. So she's just talking about how awful it was. Uh, and yeah, she says, I kept thinking how stupid it was killing yourself because you broke up with your fiancé. And then uh, Lila quite pointedly <laughs> says to Jess, she didn't break up with him. He dumped her very publicly in the <laughs> middle of their wedding. And Jessica's like, oh, so it's my fault. And Lila's like, look, I didn't say that. But, you know, she does agree with her to a point that, like, Jeremy wouldn't have carried on with her if him and Sue were super solid. Um, but, she's, you know, she does say that, look, Sue, this was obviously a huge blow for Sue. And, you know, finding out that the two of you were engaged after all this could have sent her over the edge. Um, so Jess is like, oh, whatever, and just starts making fun of Lila's hair, which is I, so rude. <laughs> it, well, also the way she does it, because Lila has been brushing her hair. I know at least one listener says that they uh, bought the idea that if you like, because Jessica did it on their hike in the last book, mm. if you like lean over and then sort of shake your hair back, it'll make you look amazing. And that's what Lila's doing. She's brushing her hair upside down, like mm. putting her head down and brushing her hair and then yeah. flinging it back. Um, and uh, her hair poofs around her like a cloud. And Jessica sarcastically says, oh, that's an attractive look. You look like you live in Hollyweird. And I feel calling Hollywood Hollyweird is the sort of thing like a small town conservative would say. It doesn't seem like a Jessica yeah, thing. It really doesn't. Yeah, there's a lot of weird kind of bits and pieces of dialogue here that don't feel like Jessica or Liz. 
Um, yeah. But that's just kind of what happened. I feel like, yeah, post book 100, whatever fucking consistency <laughs> story kind of or like character Bible stuff was just like, nah, we're just going to wing it with everything now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica reveals that she, Sue should be physically fine. Like, mm-hmm. apparently, she didn't actually take that many pills. And that if the doctor had realized how little she'd taken, he wouldn't have pumped her stomach. But, you know, they did it just be on the safe side. Mm-hmm. And Jessica herself was uh, going to like skulk off to Lila's, but uh, Alice said no. Mm, yeah, she said that it's something they all have to work through together. Um, so Jessica's like, oh, great. <laughs> I mean, I really don't understand why Sue is still there. I, know. I mean, it, oh, look, like, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. I mean, I guess I do having read the whole book, but just I don't know why everybody isn't thinking this is really weird. Like, didn't she have a job in New York and like, yeah. an apartment and friends? Jesus, dude, like, go back to New York. Get away from this weird family and this toxic <laughs> asshole that you're stuck under this one roof with. <laughs> so uh, Jessica goes to class and um, Amy uh, sends her a note. And I have to say that the sending a note thing really felt very authentically teenage in a way that these books don't always feel. That's so true. Oh, my God. I swear to like this. I know very little about geography and I feel like it's because for so much of it I was down the back just writing notes to the girls <laughs> I was sitting beside like it was ridiculous um, so yeah they're, and it's it's so funny because the notes are really boring like they're not really saying anything which yeah. is very realistic because you're just yeah. shite like when you're sending notes over and back like that because you are bored. Oh, I found an old school like dic- like Latin dictionary recently and the whole back of it was just conversations between me and one of my best friends <laughs> oh. and, and they, who I'm still friends with but they were pretty dull I mean they were kind of funny but they were yeah. very stupid teenage things mm. and there would have been this sort of thing a lot of it was like oh my god I'm so bored yeah yeah uh, why did this be over I'm dying <laughs> <laughs> so true but um but in the midst of all this uh Amy invites Jessica to come see her video because Amy has joined like a video club. Now um, I don't buy that. That doesn't I seem know, very Amy. I, Even post project youth, Amy. I get I was gonna say yes, but with her mom being like <gasps> in television, I feel like Shit. she could make a link there that she's kind of like, well, maybe I'll give this a go or her mother might have talked her into trying it, you know? Mm, good point. So we'll mm. give her that. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, everyone's off book at this stage anyway. So who yeah, is true. Um, so yeah, Amy has joined this video club and she invites Jessica to come see the screening when they're all done. So Jessica's like, yeah, cool. Apparently she's been hearing about the far out films that the uh, artsy video club crowd is planning. <laughs> so apparently Amy's is a black and white mood piece about Sweet Valley to show a different side of the familiar city. City? <laughs> and and Winston's project is something that I cannot believe has been approved by a teacher because it is so wildly inappropriate. I know. So his is a documentary on all the best places to kiss in Sweet Valley. <laughs> <laughs> but Jessica decides that this sounds like a good distraction for her to uh, to get away from how fucking gloomy and doomy the whole house is at the minute. Yeah. So it'll, uh, it'll just give her something to look forward to that's kind of light and fun. Hmm. Well, we cut to... The next day, I guess. I'm really losing track of days. Uh, it's Saturday night, anyway. And Todd wonders what's wrong with Liz because she apparently, um, she's been sort of making excuses not to go out in public with him. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's Saturday night and he's like, oh, let's go out. And she's like, no, let's stay in and watch a movie and eat some popcorn. And he's like, OK, but we did that last weekend uh, and we have no privacy here. And she's like, yeah, but the dairy burger isn't private either. So he basically just wants to get out from under the Wakefield parents' uh, feet. But mm. um, he's like, you know, I want to go out and see people and do stuff. He's like, you know, he kind of laughs thinking it's like, you don't want to be seen in public with me or something. And Liz just like looks away. <laughs> it's so very weird. So he starts asking her about how her maths class is going just to try and change the subject. But um, yeah, but like she's still weird with him because uh, yeah. they kind of chat about Sue as well for a bit. But oh yeah, but then we do find out that apparently uh, with Sue's whole situation. Oh uh, my God. Alice rang Sue's stepdad from the hospital to let him know what happened. He was out of town on business and when he finally called back, he said if everything was under control, he didn't see a need to come to California. And Liz quite rightly can't fucking believe that. She's I like, know. I know they're not related by blood, but like he was married to Sue's mother for eight years, watched Sue grow up and he didn't feel a need to come see her. So she's like, God, no wonder Sue feels like so desperate and alone because oh. that is fucking outrageous. He almost, like, first of all, he almost didn't come to the wedding, which was bad enough. But that's, he's a giant piece of shit. It's a very poor show from that man who I'm sure we got a full fucking first name, last name. Oh, we this book and I just, I just can't fucking remember now. Oh, it was, was it Phil Schmidt or something? <laughs> or Phil Smith? Something forgettable for sure. They did give us his full name. I do remember that. It was like my stepfather, Peter Bogdanovich or whatever his name was. <laughs> it wasn't Peter Bogdanovich. That was... Amazing. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Peter would never. <laughs> Well, this sad subject makes Liz snuggle up to Todd and uh, he thinks he's getting lucky, but not with that tash, Todd. No, no chance. Um, He's also quite creepy, his thoughts. He is, I know. And it's, I guess it's just because like Liz has been like so pointedly avoiding him and not like being normal with him like they would usually be very snuggly and annoying but like yeah. she's not like that at all with him at the minute so there is this kind of constant sort of inner monologue from um from dad where he's like oh where are your parents and she's like oh upstairs and he's like and we know sue is out of commission which is very cold um but and he thinks, keep it going wilkins she's relaxing so it does come off so creepy but it is actually <laughs> Just Todd trying to like cuddle his girlfriend. And yeah, she's, she's being really weird with him and he doesn't know why. Um, so it kind of goes on. They do end up like making out a bit on the couch, but then Liz just kind of pushes him off and she's like, uh, let's go get, I'm going to get some soda and make popcorn and I'll be back in a second. So she just kind of cuts the whole mood dead. And Todd is just like, what is going on? So he flops back <laughs> against the couch. Women, he mused, stroking his fuzzy moustache despondently. <laughs> and he twists one end of it so it curls up and then the other. He thinks it's really coming along, he thought proudly. I just don't understand her. <laughs> his tash is his only joy. It's so true. And I just love the thought of him sadly, like twirling the ass. It's like a sort of Victorian villain. Seems like he's about to tie her to a railway track, like just <laughs> don't have <laughs> Well, get your fan art coming, listeners. We want to see your interpretations of, of Todd's tash. We've already had a Poirot in the in the replies on Twitter. <laughs> Very true. He wishes. Well, we cut to I guess it's Wednesday now. Sure. And, um, so it's you know a few days later anyway. And Liz bumps into Jessica at the locker, and Jessica is lamenting the fact they're not in the same maths class anymore because they hardly see each other. And Liz reminds her that they're in loads of other classes, and the only reason she's making a deal about maths is so she can't copy over. And um 
but she says it in a sort of good humoured way. And mm. she notes that uh, Jessica seems very chipper this morning. And uh, Jessica says, my love called last night and then sings, heaven, <laughs> I'm in heaven. And this speaks for all of us when she groans, oh, please. <laughs> Yeah, so Liz is just like, oh god, that fucking guy. Um, but yeah, she asks then, did uh, did Jessica tell him about Sue? So Jess is like, no, I just said she was still down, but doing okay. She's like, I didn't know what to tell him because uh, Liz is giving her an accusing expression, yeah. of course. Uh, but she's about to start berating Jess as to uh, whether he should know about this when uh, we're thankfully interrupted. <laughs> With a lovely interlude from One Bruce One. <laughs> we read the words Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> so we got a little uh, recap of Bruce's personality, as if anybody reading this book doesn't already know, uh, yeah. and that he sometimes has a more vulnerable side that he rarely shows. And then again, he says, um, Jessica, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica. So funny. I just know he's like shaking his head as he's yeah. <laughs> and um and Jessica goes yeah you've got one of us and you remember her name says Jessica <laughs> pointing at Liz but Bruce just goes Jessica you little homewrecker you <laughs> just can't keep your hands to yourself can you <laughs> Jessica's like if I remember correctly you like it when I can't keep my hands to myself but she's like slamming her locker shut. Uh, but Bruce uh, is just like, yeah, well, you know, to go after a married man, that's pretty low, even for you. Uh, and he says if he'd known about it, he never would let himself get sucked in. So, of course, he was drawn into her schemes early mm, on in this yeah. ridiculous story arc, uh, being her pretend boyfriend to make Jeremy jealous. Uh, and Jessica's like, oh, please, you liked it. And you certainly ate like a pig. But um, <laughs> That did make me laugh for some reason. I don't know I why. Know. It just seemed to come out of nowhere. Just totally. <laughs> yeah, it's like she's still holding a grudge over him having a huge dinner yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah he's like well you know everyone knows you broke up their wedding uh and Jess points out that apparently that was almost a month ago now so okay sure. okay <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of points out her technicalities that there was no home to reckon they weren't actually married yet she's like i may have ruined the wedding but i didn't <laughs> Courage. Yes, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> so she stomps off and just says Liz to, to Liz that she'll see her later. Um, but um, yeah, so when Liz is left alone with Bruce, then she has a, an uncomfortable mm. flashback to uh, uncomfortable my ass. <laughs> <laughs> to her and Bruce getting steamy in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, she, she wishes then for the thousandth time that Todd hadn't grown his revolting mustache. So she's like, I'd much rather be shifting Bruce Patman than this guy right now. <laughs> And uh, Bruce uh, speaks for us all when he says, does the phrase evil twin mean anything to you? Oh, God. <laughs> I love when they actually say evil twin. It's always just oh. like, oh, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Liz, weirdly, I don't know why she reminds him of this because she's already feeling uncomfortable about it because she stares at him and goes, Jessica and I do have some things in common. She reminds him pointedly. And he flushes. Like, Liz, why would you make things more awkward? I know. <laughs> but Bruce is so funny in this because he's yeah. like, oh, guess it's my day to catch it from both Wakefields. He's like, let me go to trig class so I can relax. <laughs> <laughs> and Liz thinks she just can't help sticking up for her terrible sister. Oh, God. <laughs> so we cut to the cafeteria and apparently Rigoberto's crimes are still in evidence. <laughs> Still rampaging on poor old Winston. Um, yeah. So is it Lila and Amy? 
<laughs> and Jessica. Yeah. They're talking about it, but they reckon that old Winston is looking more and more like Michael Jordan every day. <laughs> and uh, then uh, she said, or Jessica says, yeah, except he isn't tall or sexy or black or a basketball player. But um, apparently Todd looks even worse. <laughs> Oh, God. Yes. So they all have a big laugh about Todd's terrible moustache. So she's like, let's face it. He's trying to look like Tom Selleck, but he's coming out like Gene Shalit, who I had to Google. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Same. And it was a pretty good joke. It was. Yeah. I was like, OK, I appreciate that more now. <laughs> also, one of them says, and this is very different from the, uh, you know, can I have this dance at Mick Jagger days? One of them says, who wants to look like Tom Selleck anyway? He's ancient. Oh, my God. But there are so many references in this book that are like weirdly current for the year it was published, like to the point that I was like, this is weird for Sweet Valley because they're always a good 10 to 15 years out of date with their references. Yes. But like... Yeah, it's, which is especially weird. Now we know most of them were written by like you know postgrad students. Mm, yeah. were like twenty three. Well, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but like in nineteen ninety four, yeah, I'm pretty sure high school students thought that Tom Selleck was an old dude. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who had just left sky, you know, secondary school uh, mm. the year before, I completely thought he was like dad age. Mm. Um, but uh, Jessica says, "I'm glad Jeremy doesn't have a mustache." I like being able to see his mouth. And she took a suggestive bite of fruit cocktail. Now, unless that's a banana, I don't know how suggestive oh that bite can be. <laughs> she can make anything suggestive. <laughs> Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> so the rest of the gang, it looks like like Sandy's there too. It looks like it's, you know, it's a mm. big group. It's not just yeah. her, her intimate pals. Um, they ask about Jeremy and his travels and when he's coming home. And Jessica kind of bullshits because she doesn't really have an answer. Yeah, he hasn't actually given her a date as to when he's coming back. So she just kind of, yeah, kind of fobs it off a bit. She's like, oh, he's really busy and he's working really hard. And every time I call him, he's out in the field. But he always calls me right back. Um, well, we know that's like, a lie. Oh, well, yes, 100%. Uh, but she's like going on about how she can't wait to start planning the wedding when he gets back. And Sandy's like, yeah, that's two years away. He's like, Sandy said tolerantly. It's like, oh, really sick of her bullshit at this stage. <laughs> Of course they are. Well, Sandy asked Lila about Robbie November. Uh, apparently they're still not talking like he's, you know, this exhibition's going ahead, but he hasn't yes. invited Lila. And she's like, I can't watch him throw his talent away. Again, he's only 18. It's actually a miracle he's got an exhibition at all. Honestly, um, it's bamboozling that he's doing this while so early. But yeah, of course, their whole fight at the minute was that she had paid for him to go to like a business course in Sweet yeah. Valley University. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. But she can't get the tuition money back because it was like early registration or something. So that's yes. what their fallout is at the minute. Hmm. Meanwhile, Maria and Liz genuinely funnily bond over their hideous <laughs> bows. <laughs> their little support group for bad haircuts at the minute. <laughs> um, and neither of them knows what the fuck to do. Um, but uh, Maria reveals that uh, I think Winston keeps going back to Rigoberto's and going to Rigoberto himself to try and get it fixed. And she keeps pleading with him to go to somebody else. But every time he goes back, he just somehow ends up under Rigoberto's spell and getting a worse and worse haircut. Apparently now he has a crew cut. Um, so it's it's just getting shorter and shorter. Um, Liz is groaning then that at least, you know, Winston's not doing it on purpose, but Todd looks like this by choice and she just doesn't know when he's going to come to his senses because uh, it's not good. And then Todd breezes up, uh, sits down next to Liz and kisses her cheek, rubbing his moustache lovingly against her. 
fake water damage. It's like the kids is the one thing, but then just uh, like, against your face, get off me. I mean, technically, I am married to somebody with a mustache that has a beard as well. I'm like, yeah. they don't whoop it against you. No. <laughs> And uh, he says, not too scratchy anymore, right, babe? Because it's getting longer. And he grins proudly. And Liz thinks, I'm going to hurl. Elizabeth thought drearily. Oh, God, I should say so. <laughs> well, we cut to the Castletel Wakefield. And Sue is home alone. And this is the first time we sort of see things from her POV. Yes. Uh, yeah, so she, the mail has come through the door, so she runs uh-huh. down to check it. So she kind of puts everything into a little stack for everybody. It's like there's a couple of bills for for Ned and Alice. Liz is in some new computer magazine. Jessica has her latest issue of Hollywood Madness. That's so uh, much for Hollyweird. Well, there you go. Uh, Jess apparently also has a postcard from Costa Rica. So Sue reads it and smiles, Ooh. then takes her own letter with its California postmark and goes up to her room to read it in private. Hmm. Suspicious. Yes, we'll say nothing. And then we go to the Oracle office. And it's Mr. Collins! The one and only. He is back! Yay! Oh, I'm so happy. I never, like, when this series started, or when this podcast started, never thought I'd be cheering the arrival of Mr. Collins. And look at us now. We used to slag him off so much for being so inappropriate. And now we're like, where is he? (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't somebody drinking from a hose in his garden? Honestly, he's not involved enough now in his students' lives. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, isn't. Well, I mean, at least in these books, they're actually going to fucking school. Because it's been a while. It's true. Um, well, of course, uh, the next issue of the Oracle will feature um, one of their two subjects. Of course, we know that one of them is how Great Sweet Valley is, mm-hmm. and the other is new students. Uh, what is the fucking student <laughs> turnover in this school? <laughs> I swear to God, every other day they're doing a feature on new faces, new students, fucking yes. new transfers to Sweet Valley High. Like, how does anybody ever make friends in this school? Because it's just new people the whole time. It's weird. <laughs> Like the entire five years of secondary school, maybe we had like, two, you know, after we all started, mm. um, maybe there were like two new girls came into the class. If that could have yeah. been just one. So, like, yeah, like literally a handful of like, I can think of two guys and maybe one or two girls like the whole way through secondary school yeah. that were like new students. But like, yeah, it's it's literally a handful, but Sweet Valley is fucking churning them out, whatever the fuck is going on. I guess when you have so many books to fill, you've got to keep just adding new students <laughs> every five minutes. True. So, uh, yeah, Olivia is uh, is doing this. I guess, I guess Liz is off personal, what was it called? Was it personal profiles? Oh, personal profiles, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's Olivia's problem now. And yep. uh, Tina Ayala is... Um, is is the photographer and I guess because Olivia's doing this Andy Jenkins is on the staff yeah apparently he's taking over the job of typesetting and layout and that was a guy that was was he a guy that was with Olivia before yes because she's like arts editor she's, and art director yeah, that's right <laughs> they don't know what arts editor means so they think it means yeah. actually designing the whole thing and running the arts feature <laughs> <laughs> It's all one thing. <laughs> well, it's nice to see Andy. Mm, definitely, yes. I was glad to see him too. 
Oh, Baja Beach is still on the go. <laughs> Baja Beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, although Cheryl is uh, doing a feature about extracurricular activities. Oh. Um, so she's still alive. Um, good, good to know. <laughs> just nice. <laughs> yeah. Still remains the most relatable character in Sweet Valley history. So the one true. character who thought that this entire place was incredibly weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Liz, or Mr. Collins asks Liz about her big piece on Go Math that actually she's got a good idea. She she wants to turn it into a weekly series sort of tracking the programme, which is actually mm. a really good plan for you know reporting on a experimental project um and uh andy's going to do your job karen and make some infographics to go with <laughs> damn it andy you're coming for my gig <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they're going to team up and she's going to um yeah kind of write a series of articles and he's going to get on the, the graphics and statistics for it uh yeah. with her so um yeah so they're all uh well mr Collins seems quite impressed anyway with with all this so they're all good to go now with their, hmm. their next feature well, Liz is uh, distracted as the meeting continues because she ponders the fact that like Molly Adams, that shy girl who, you know, was previously being sort of bullied into mm. silence by the rowdy lads, volunteered an answer and got it right. And even when somebody got an answer wrong, nobody made fun of them. This really does say, you know, it's a, it's a damning picture of education between Valley High. Mm. But, uh, this is what it was like beforehand. But um, <laughs> One of many damning pictures of the <laughs> education system in Sweet Valley High. <laughs> this is what happens when you spend all your time having fucking softball tournaments yeah. instead of actual classes. Socialise these children for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> They're feral. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> well, it's given Liz a lot to think about. Mm. We cut to Jeremy and he's hot, hot, hot in more, <laughs> more ways than one. It sure is. Uh, yeah, there are crystal blue waves crashing rhythmically on the shore in front of him and he's mm. laying back in a folding chair wearing his sunglasses. Uh, apparently he's been on the phone all morning doing research and making plans. So he mm. decided he deserved a little break, which is why he's having a beer. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he's uh, apparently, yeah, not too long now, he's going back to New York to wrap things up and he has a lot to take care of before then. Um, so yeah, he's kind of thinking about how um, the last month uh, had been kind of sticky and things were bound to get stickier before everything was straightened out. But you know, not too mm. long from now, he'll be in the right place with the right person and he just had to look forward to that. So mm. it's all very vague. Nicely <laughs> phrased, Ghost Roger. Nicely mm. phrased. <laughs> so we cut to Friday and... Um, Alice is taking Liz or Jessica after school to Mr. Wakefield's office to meet the dean of the boarding school. And uh, she does say, look, we're not trying to get rid of you. We love you, but really worried about you and the decisions you've been making recently. It says this whole thing with Jeremy and Sue, it doesn't seem like you. It totally fucking oh, does. Alice, come on. <laughs> it's classic Jessica. It's just Jessica on fucking steroids. <laughs> like it was it was always going to come to this. <laughs> there was no way that bitch was gonna reach like the age of 30 without breaking up somebody's wedding. It's it's just always gonna happen. <laughs> it was inevitable. <laughs> It's. I mean, I'm surprised it happened so early, but you know, it was, <laughs> it was in her destiny. Mm. So uh, Jessica then has a completely insane fantasy about board going to boarding school, which in her mind is like a Victorian workhouse. 
Basically, yes. She's talking. She's thinking about how uh, she's picturing how at six o'clock every morning the sound of a gong will wake <laughs> her and a hundred other girls out of their white iron beds in a cavern-like room, uh, and how she's going to have to hide Jeremy's picture. Uh, under her pillow before making her bed with military corners. Uh, apparently there's going to be no heat, even in winter. Uh-huh. Uh, everyone's going to fight over getting hot water for a shower. Jessica pictured herself winning, of course. Oh, she's like literally kicking people in the face to Queen get that, like <laughs> small jug. 100%. So yes, she's picturing them all wearing rough, ugly wool dresses that do nothing for their figures. And uh, they'll have to line up in the cafeteria that's made of cinder blocks and eating their cold gruel. The klaxon will sound again and they'll have to go for a five mile hike through freezing rain. It's like, does she think it's in London? Is that where she thinks she's Oh, there you go. <laughs> Time travelling to London again, are we? <laughs> that or a Siberian gulag. Like, it's <laughs> pretty seriously. much. That is very much the vibe here rather than a fucking fancy private boarding school but um yeah but she thinks how jeremy's love will get her through it all and when she's eventually graduating he will be there smiling and ready to take her away forever so this is her whole weird fucking daydream about this strange military victorian school she's being sent to um so she eventually gets to ned's office and this crusty dean is waiting for her um so yeah she's the admissions dean and they're introduced and we don't actually find out how the interview went or no. like get any kind of look at it because it's just like hello Jessica it's nice to meet you Jessica smiled tightly and that's like the end of the chapter <laughs> yeah I mean it's like you think that's going to go a bit further but no yeah it really doesn't yeah well we cut to later that night it's uh, much later it's after midnight and we learned that Jessica could pretty much magic- magically predict the phone ringing now I hung over a phone often enough back in the day like a landline <laughs> dial up phone mm to know this was not a thing in Ireland anyway. Apparently the phone makes a faint click in the second before it's about to ring. And I have to say if that was true, I would have... You'd have been there were times there. in my youth that I would have like been hovering over to leaping the work and ring as, you know, a single time. Mm. Uh, but anyway, she uh, she manages this impressive feat and uh, who could it be at the other end? <gasps> Why, it's Jeremy himself, of course. So Jessica's delighted to hear from him. And uh, yeah, they're just kind of talking a bit of shite. She's oh, like, oh, lots of years since I've seen you. And uh, yeah, he kind of tells her, look, I'll be back soon. But apparently one of the other field researchers was called back to New York suddenly and he's had to take over his project. So he's going to be another week or two. So he's very non-committal about when he's going to be able to come back uh, he can't he just can't give her like a, a definite date that he's going to be back in California at all um, so Jessica thinks back then to the premonition she had that day at the airport that she felt like she would never see him again or that he wouldn't come back or he'd oh. fall in love with somebody else um, so it's like intellectually she didn't believe that emotionally she felt frantic neglected and practically hysterical <laughs> <laughs> that's her default state <laughs> and then he reveals his Truly, well, as my notes say, stupid, weird plan. <laughs> so it turns out that the LA chapter of mm-hmm. Project Nature, I mean, we're not going to go into our the the strange structure of Project Nature, but I have so many questions about its funding model, its employment <laughs> model. It sounds does. more like a cult than anything else at this stage. <laughs> it's got its own fucking cabin half mm-hmm. an hour from Sweet Valley. Sure. So they... <laughs> Project Nature, are throwing a big Halloween party there and they've said I can invite anyone I want. And um, he thinks it would be fun to ask, quote, everyone we know, 
all your friends from school and Robbie Goodman and some of my other friends from Project Youth are going to, or Project Youth, Project Nature are going <laughs> to come. We'll make it a total blowout. Like this is a party with a bunch of adults mm-hmm. who work for an NGO <laughs> and a bunch of fucking children. No, it's a cult and they're recruiting teens. This is what's happening now. Oh my God. <laughs> this is like when friends of mine in school, when we were 16, went to what they thought was a party held by one of our classmates in town and it turned out to be a youth defence <gasps> recruiting session Stop who are it. a deranged anti-abortion um, organisation. And then my poor friends ended up being mentioned in an expose of youth defence by an undercover reporter. No! No! Yes. Oh my God! Yes! <laughs> They were referred to as like schoolgirl recruits, Jesse and Sarah. They were like, we weren't recruits. We thought it was just a birthday party. Jesus, the subterfuge. I would be sick. Oh, my God. (laughs) So actually, I'd completely forgotten the similar about this until you said that. And yeah. It's the, uh, the Project Nature is definitely a cult. Yeah, yeah, it certainly seems that way. <laughs> well, uh, Liz, oh, sorry, Jessica thinks that sounds fun, but it's like, Halloween's so far away. Are you saying I won't see you till then? She is, took- it, is it far away? <laughs> <laughs> it could be fucking tomorrow the way the time is going at this stage. <laughs> Well, she takes a deep breath, trying not to sound whiny and immature. Jessica, you are the girl who literally climbed over like people's seats and flinging popcorn everywhere and uh, and then sort of sulked until people took you for an ice cream. Basically, you were both yes. uh, whiny and immature. <laughs> it's so funny that she thinks she's coming off sophisticated sometimes when it's like, <laughs> we know what you did and what you're like. This is bullshit. <laughs> and then they get all like phone sexy or as close uh, to phone sex as we can get between Valley and it is so gross. Grim. Grim, grim, yeah. grim. <laughs> At one stage when she says, did I tell you about cheerleading practice? Jeremy chuckled. No, how did it go? I can't wait to see you in that cute uniform. Oh, God. <laughs> it's but, just the fucking worst. <laughs> I mean, I know there were adult cheerleaders as well, but you know oh, what he's thinking. That's not what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and tells her he'll be home before too long and he'll bring home matching costumes for us. What is it with these people and bringing home souvenir fancy dress? No, they love it. They simply cannot get enough of fucking tat. <laughs> Arms <laughs> full of tat coming through duty free. <laughs> well, we cut to a few days later. I don't know, give it up. Sure. Um, and uh, Jessica has been wolfing up an ice cream Sunday, so I presume they're in the dairy burger, but um, she's with Amy because they're going to work on Amy's video. Mm-hmm. And Amy is sympathetic to Jessica about Jeremy's no-show, but she does say that's like the third time he's been delayed, which sounds like a bit of a dick at Jeremy. It does, yes. So, yeah, Jess isn't uh, super impressed with that. But um, I think Amy kind of tries to distract her a bit by um, getting her... Oh, yeah, she's going to get her to be in her video, isn't that it? Yes, so kind of, exactly. Yes. But again, she's going to get her to stand at the uh-huh. old pier uh-huh. at the end of the beach and film uh-huh. her looking all sad, wearing sunglasses and a headscarf, like some kind of glamorous woman from the 50s. And like, again, this is Jessica dawdling around on the pier. With <laughs> absolutely no negative connotations to that whatsoever. That's not where her previous fucking boyfriend was murdered or anything. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I cannot believe this. Like, seriously, that book was out long enough, uh, er, you know, earlier enough in the series that this ghostwriter could have read it. 
Honestly, unless Sweet Valley is absolutely riddled with different peers. But even so, <laughs> you'd think one super traumatic experience at one would kind of rule the rest out for you anyway. But like, not if you're Jessica you, Wakefield. Because <laughs> uh, instead, uh, instead of going, you know what? I'm just really not comfortable with that after the time I saw James like murdered in front of my eyes on a pier. And um, open on rocks. Like, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, she says, beautiful and sad and mysterious. I think I can do that. And she gives Amy a mischievous smile. Oh my god, yes. Um, so yeah, apparently it's been two weeks since that interview that happened like two paragraphs ago. Mm. And it mm. turns out that the school have accepted her, but uh, she is an unlikely an unlikely ally in her quest not to go because Sue, who's still hanging around, oh god. <laughs> um doesn't want her to go there. Yeah, she insists that she's fine, everything's okay, and she doesn't miss Jeremy anymore. So she's like, everything's grand and kind of yeah, she's kind of talked Ned and Alice down for now, but like Jessica can't figure it out at all, which is fair enough because she's like, why on earth would she want me around when she's the last person I feel like seeing? Uh, and apparently Sue's really getting on her nerves lately because like, obviously whenever she walks in the door, like there's Sue. Uh, so like the other day, she and Liz were in the living room sorting out all the wedding presents um, because of course they all have to be sent back. And mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, and she's taking over the house. She always gets the mail first, leaps on the mm-hmm. phone. Now she's making dinner every night. So of course this is making Jessica look worse than ever. So she's trying to be on her extra best behavior. Um, and uh, Amy <laughs> jokes that it's like there's two good twins and then Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they're all leaning into the evil twin thing. Me too. So, you know, we've been doing it for like five years. Yeah, they're finally all catching on. <laughs> Indeed. Well, they head out to the beach and again, you think Jessica would be wary of hanging around the pier, but she wraps a scarf around her head, sort of Grace Kelly style and stares sadly out to sea, not thinking of the boyfriend she's all killed there. <laughs> and Amy is, you know, still talking about soon. It's like, look, she knows she's she's trying to be useful because she knows she's stayed a really long time. She sure fucking has. <laughs> yeah. um, and she just wants to help out. And Jessica's like, yeah, I guess, but I just want her out of the out of there. And then Amy cries, perfect. Keep that sullen expression. <laughs> she's nailing it. <laughs> so we cut to Sweet Valley High where we learned that Liz has totally been converted to go math. And based on what we've been told about her male classmates, I can't really blame her. No, fair enough. Like, yeah, she is a go-math convert at this stage. She is literally just talking about how her inner monologue is just, I love this class, love it, love it, love this (laughs) class, I love it. It's just that basically for half a page. (laughs) Yes, it really is. Everybody's having a great time. Molly's doing brilliantly. They're all, Mm. in fact, doing much better. Um, And uh, apparently, like, she'd always done well in maths, but she often waited until she got home to ask one of her parents about a problem rather than try to get an answer in school because the boys are just like... (laughs) Causing chaos. Absolute so you can't ask a teacher. Fucking animals in the class. <laughs> so yeah. So everyone's getting uh, much better grades now. All the girls are doing much better in maths and feeling more confident as well in class. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's actually going really well for all the girls. Enid's having a great time. She turns to her at one point and is like, I had no idea I liked math. Um, so yeah, and Liz agrees because she'd always obviously preferred like English and languages and stuff, but she mm. actually finds herself enjoying maths class, which she never really would have before. And that's isn't the only thing she's feeling different about because she thinks, what in the world was she going to do about Todd? He looks like a used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his personality has changed. 
Yeah, she just feels like he's he's more insensitive or something and he's acting differently now. So she's like, the haircut has affected his brain. Uh, but then she kind of scolds herself and thinks she's being shallow. Todd is still the same person. She's going to have to forget about his appearance and concentrate on the person within. The person she'd always loved. But it was going to be tough. <laughs> I do relate to her because the mental image I now have of Todd and that sandy tash. Oh, it just, I, I can picture it being really like feathery and like hanging yes. down over his lip. Like it just oh. sounds fucking vile (laughs) 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 well cut to the Cassatel Wakefield and again we see things from Sue's POV she's chowing down on a veggie burrito by the pool and uh, she thinks on the whole things were okay it had been a rough summer but the end was in sight and she knew she was going to make it all she had to do was get through the next couple of weeks and then everything would be all right just a couple more weeks. Hmm. And then the phone rings. <laughs> it does. And we only hear Sue's side of it. So mm-hmm. she she answers and she's like, oh, hey, I'm doing fine. Just catching some rays. And she's like, oh, it's only been two days. What are you doing calling me now? Uh, and she's having this kind of like flirty kind of oh, conversation. Very flirty, really yeah. Giggly. Uh, she's like, yeah, things are okay. I put an end to that. No one said anything about it. Oh, they're fine. Oh, please, you're kidding, right? She's totally fine. And uh, yeah, <gasps> and she's kind of reassuring this person on the other end that uh, there's nothing to worry about. I think once was enough. I definitely don't want to have my stomach pumped again. It was a total drag. <gasps> <laughs> um. Yeah, she says, I felt like a truck had rolled over me. And that is like, like her, she must have felt like her wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Jessica had her way, a truck would have rolled over you, Sue. So, so true. Thank <laughs> your blessings. Lucky it was just the dress. <laughs> well, then she says, Oh, yeah, you better go. Well, when will I see you again? Okay, at our usual place. Okay. And then they're like, quit. And then she's quit worrying. Everything's fine. Talk to you later. See you soon. And then says, yeah, me too. Which suggests somebody's uh, giving words of endearment on the mm, phone. It certainly does. Hmm. But yeah, so she's very pleased with herself when she uh, hangs up the call and checks out her tan lines and how those are going. <laughs> she reckons it's almost autumn, but the sun is still pretty strong. She didn't want to get all red and itchy. She got up and headed inside <laughs> to find some SPF 8. <laughs> Like to to quote Lila from the TV show, that is not sunscreen, that's barbecue sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even back then, it was always like at least SPF 15. Mm. Come on. Yeah, like you couldn't get anything less than 15, I feel like. (laughs) Well, we cut to Fowler Crest and we're literally told a week later on Saturday night. (laughs) Sure, why not? So, oh, this keeps happening. Basically, Rob, Lila and Robbie will make up, have another, for no real reason, like they'll just have been in a fight and then they'll be like, I think we should make up. They make yeah. up and yeah. then another fight starts. So basically, he turns up, they just start kissing straight away. Apparently, <laughs> Robbie tangled his hands in Lila's long hair and held her as if she were water and he were dying of thirst. Holy shit. <laughs> So they they head to the rec room, they make out for ages and they agree that they'll never be apart again. And um, then he's like, oh, catch me up on all the hot gossip. Uh, But out of it lately. And Lyle's like, well, of course, you heard about Sue's whole suicide thing. As if this is just another bit of, you know, so-and-so was snogging so-and-so in the dairy burger. (laughs) 
God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so she's like, oh, so that blows over. And then Jessica comes and uh, she tells him all about the the party, the Project Nature Halloween mm. fucking cabin party. Ugh. Totally above board and legit, everybody. Um, so she's like, oh, what should we go as? Should we coordinate our costumes? <laughs> oh, God. So uh, yeah, they have some cringy chat about yeah, that. That's awful. And yeah, then he says he has a confession to make and Lila starts panicking. She's like, oh, God, has he been going out with somebody else? What's going on? So he confesses that it's about the business course. And Lila kind of doesn't want to hear it because she's like, we just made up. Like, I don't want to yeah. break back over all this again. But he says that actually before the course started, he was thinking about it and decided it wouldn't hurt to go just once just to see what it was like. And it turned out he actually really liked it. And, you know, the teacher was taking things real slow and made a lot of sense. So he got his textbooks and went back and has been going to the course ever since. Uh, And apparently he did really well in a test that they had recently. So he's just like, you know, I hope you don't hate me because we were arguing about this so much and I made such a fuss. And now it turns out I actually am going and I really like it. So thank you, basically. (laughs) And uh, Lyle stunned, but delighted. Mm. So then Robbie has more news. Uh, turns out he saw a notice in the college for a drawing class, which sounds like it's just some sort of, you know, like a drawing club or something. Like a society as opposed- or something. Yeah. yeah. Like not, you know, part of the actual academic curriculum. Um, so I, he says, I showed them my portfolio and they took me in. My dad's boss is helping with the tuition and in return, he's got a paint formal portrait of his fox terrier muffin. <laughs> um, but I have, I have no idea how this college works. Like oh, you can look. start at, you know, just sign up and September and sure. then you can do random art courses like uh, yeah because apparently this is actually a full-on course because now he's doing two college courses and it's like yeah basically every academic establishment in this town and state <laughs> is an absolute fucking shambles because nothing makes any sense whatsoever <laughs> but basically yeah, what sounded like a fucking you know informal class yeah. fucking in the evenings or whatever as a college thing is actually now a full-on course or degree of some sort so he's really enjoying this drawing class apparently it's really pushing him in his abilities um so Lila's really pleased for him up to a point yes because he says at first it was really hard to keep my concentration because of the nudes and all um but now it's a lot easier and uh, Lila uh, looks at him blankly and says excuse me the nudes and I thought this would just be the punchline like because it's the end of a chapter and it would just be yeah. like oh here we go again she's gonna yeah. be an outrage but they drag this fucking thing for so long it's basically like she can't just, it, the, a new chapter begins it's yeah. still them having yeah. this fight all you need to know is she thinks it's unacceptable that Robbie sits in class looking at naked women. I do not know what she thinks an art visual art degree would be like because of course you have to do life drawing like mm. this is stupid um and uh he basically she basically boots him out and says come back when you quit that stupid class and he says i guess that'll be never then and uh that's it oh, it's so stupid oh god <laughs> so stupid my notes say pointless fight a sweet body yeah. high speciality <laughs> that's very true <laughs> well we cut to uh, the next morning a week later who the hell knows anybody's guess and liz and sue are brunching Sure, somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. who knows where? They don't. Yeah, say. We, we don't. We don't actually find out where. Um, but yeah, they're just kind of chatting. Uh, Liz is just saying how much, how well look, Sue is looking. Apparently, she's uh, really been doing better lately, and you know she's been eating more, and her eyes are brighter, and she's sleeping <gasps> better. So, uh, Liz is just kind of 
delighted to see her blooming so well. But um, yeah, but she also, Liz just kind of starts wondering like what the fuck Sue or Jessica saw in Jeremy. Uh, she could hardly think of him without shivering in disgust. And same, Liz, same. <laughs> Absolutely. And she does think as well, you know, he is obviously, I can see he's good looking if I look hmm. at him objectively, but there's more important qualities than that, like loyalty, honesty and trust. And then she does have a kind of brilliant moment of self-awareness. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because she, again, kind of thinks to herself, oh, God, yeah, you've really been relishing those things about Todd lately. Uh, and she's kind of, again, scolding herself for uh, for being superficial about Todd, because apparently being handsome is pretty high on your list after all. And she kind of squirms uncomfortably because she's just <laughs> thinking herself into a corner here about Todd's rotten moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sue is very chirpy and uh, she's clearly ready to move on because apparently she's been seeing her therapist every day and says, I'm totally over Jeremy now. And and when she gets back to New York, because I guess she's planning on going back, uh, there's a guy working at Project Nature. She's going to ask out on a date. Liz is like, oh, Jesus, really? Okay. (laughs) Um, And then Sue is like, oh, I'm going to get all mama's money. But then it says, I mean, uh, I look into what charity will benefit from a contribution. But, Mm. you know, I might treat myself to a little trip to Europe to help me continue to recover. Um, And Liz is, is seeing a new side to Sue. Yeah, she's kind of looking at it. She she feels like she's suddenly meeting Sue for the first time and she starts wondering, like, is it safe for you to go to Europe in your condition? Uh, because, of course, Liz is still thinking about Sue's very mysterious rare blood disease. Mm. Uh, is she in remission? Is she not? Who fucking knows? Well, she um, says just the knowledge that Sue's body might be dying <laughs> as her spirit was valiantly trying to recover. She was definitely dying. There was no might about it. Oh, my God. This was a sure thing. But anyway, Liz starts to wonder if she's like the only person worried about this at the minute. Uh, and when she mentions this to Sue, for a moment, Sue looked confused. Then her face suddenly cleared and she nodded almost to herself. She paused, seeming to consider something, then said, Elizabeth, I have a confession to make. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to keep you in suspense for, uh, for a little while, uh, <laughs> listeners, because as you know, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And every week we like to um, share a little something from the from the rest of the network. Uh, last week, we didn't know what it was. Turns out it was Sissy That Pod, our pal. Oh, had we known, we would have obviously plugged the hell out of Sissy That Pod. So go listen to Sissy That Pod if you're in any ways interested in RuPaul's Drag Race, any one of the series, because basically Keen is covering every single iteration and fairness to him. Um, and it's a great fucking show. But um, but yeah, so this week it's something slightly different. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a survey that Headstuff are running at the minute uh, for all the HPN listeners. Uh, so it's a two minute uh, podcast survey. And if you complete it, you could actually win a 200 euro one for all voucher. So if you head over to the podcaststudios.ie forward slash survey, uh, that would be great and would really help out uh, the lads at the studio. And yeah, sure, we'll uh, have a little listen now to uh, a little more about it. Hi there. We are sorry to interrupt your podcast, but we would love to get your thoughts on podcasting in Ireland. Please go to thepodcaststudios.ie forward slash survey and help us fill out the form. You will automatically be entered into a draw for a €200 one for all gift card. And now 
back to Sweet Valley, where Lila and Jessica are at the Valley Mall, taking a break at Smoothorama. Love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's like as long as a shop isn't like usurping an established place yeah. that we know about, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you can have as many new smoothie shops as you like and call them whatever the fuck you want. Um, mm. But it's like if you're starting to encroach on like Casey's territory, then we're going to have problems. Mm, well, <laughs> we're going to have a problem in a minute. But um, before that, uh, Jessica uh, is um, is on Lila's side about not letting Robbie go. <laughs> I mean, he was always going to go to our college. What the fuck does she think is going to happen? But anyway... <laughs> She also, well, she's more concerned with her own purchases and uh, asks Lila's advice on some new earrings. Yeah, she wonders if they're too much, but Lila confirms that apparently shoulder dusters are still in. So (laughs) that's good. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So, of course, Jessica fans Lila's fears by saying that Robbie might fall in love with the model, but then changes the subject and says, let's go to Kiki's. (laughs) Kiki's, get the hell out of here, Kiki. So we're told they headed down a mall corridor to their favourite boutique. Oh, lies. Oh. <laughs> See, like, they give the they give us with one hand the smooth rama <laughs> and they take the lacets with another. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Well, Lila is trying to calm herself down and she is like, oh, well, you know, I guess like it's not going to like be, he's just going to be drawing naked ladies and there's going to be naked men too. And of course, this makes Jessica's little ears prick up. Of course, yeah. So she's like, oh, you know, maybe maybe we should drive up to SVU and check out his class. You know, if we see for ourselves how like above board everything is, we'll feel better. So uh, what what day does he have this class exactly? <laughs> <laughs> and Lila just sighs and she's like, oh, Jessica, you couldn't be more transparent if you were made of mountain stream water. And Ooh. she like mimics Jessica's pseudo innocent expression. See how professional it all is. <laughs> I just love it when someone's taking the piss out of Jessica to her face in particular. That's great. <laughs> well, Lila's uh, really sees all because um, Jessica insanely then says, hang on a minute, will you? I suddenly have an intense desire to talk to my beloved. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Darcy. Normal teen things. <laughs> you must allow me to say how much I am ardently admired and love you. <laughs> Um, so she takes Lila's phone card. She must be racking up um, some massive bill. I don't know how much Lila's prepaid on that mm. thing. But anyway, um, like Jessica's music is to call Costa Rica night and day. And, <laughs> and as she heads to a phone, Lila watches her with an expression of a mingled amusement and pity. And Ooh. as Jessica makes the call, Lila can predict what happens next. Yeah, so Jessica, she can hear Jessica on the phone saying she's calling for Jeremy and like Lila kind of quietly to herself says, I'm sorry, Jeremy isn't here right now. Can I take a message? And of course, Jessica kind of frowns at this, but then is immediately followed up with, oh, he isn't? Well, can you tell him I called? Ask him to call me tonight. And Jessica, or Lila's like, well, what a surprise. Jeremy isn't there. <laughs> and Jessica's like, mutters, oh, he's working really hard. And Lila gently tries to make her see sense. She says, look, I'm going to say one thing and you can get mad at me if you want. And uh, she reminds her of Jessica's own sort of trickery when she was staying out late with Sam and didn't want her parents to to know because his folks were out of town. Mm, Yes. So like there was some point where I think Alice had rang Lila because Jessica was using her as a cover story uh, to mm. chat to her. And Lila had said, oh, she's in the bathroom. I'll have her call you back. So then she'd called Jessica at Sam's, who then rang Alice from Sam's house and was like, oh, I was washing my hair. What's going on? So she's kind of just pointing out like, this is a system that you have used. And 
she's kind of trying to make her connect the dots yeah. here. But Jessica's just like, what's your point? What are you getting at here? So Lila's just like, okay, forget it. Never mind. Forget I brought it up. She's like, there are none so blind as those who will not see. <laughs> For the one's kind of very poetic. It's so funny. It's so funny because actually this whole scene, I could really picture like Shirley Elliott from <gasps> the yes. TV series delivering all of these lines. And I'm, I wonder like at this stage, was the TV show kind of... Was it bleeding oh, into the... Maybe. Now, surely you wouldn't have been in it yet That's in 94. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I do wonder. I mean, I think definitely Winston having flowing locks that are being cut <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, could be influenced by the show because mm. there was never any indication that Winston had that much hair to cut That's before true. this, you know, this book. Mm. Um, but yeah, I too can imagine Shirley, who has been doing an excellent job recently, especially in the True. last episode we watched. And if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, just join Pi Beta Alpha. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> but, but yeah, in fairness to Lila, she is gently trying to kind of make yeah. Jessica see a bit of sense here that like something's up here and things might not be as they seem, but like Jessica mm. just doesn't want to hear it. We cut back to Sue and Liz, wherever they are. We still don't know. <laughs> Mystery waffle place, who knows? <laughs> and um, Liz is like, oh my God, a confession and thinks, you're not really Sue Gibbons? You didn't really try to kill yourself? You and Jeremy are secretly married? And then she's surprised by the force of her reaction and thinks, why on earth would she imagine those things? Why indeed, Liz? What is your <laughs> instinct telling you? Um, and Liz, <laughs> Sue reveals her... Uh, her secret um, shame. She does. So she's looking down at her plate, embarrassed, and says, it's about the blood disease, the one my mom died of, that I said I had too. And Liz is like, okay. So Sue blurts out, I don't really have it. I never did. It's true that my mom died of it, but I made up the story about inheriting it. Now, what she says next, I don't think really is consistent with what we have previously read in earlier books because it makes no what, fucking what sense. Is, you know, what is? We have had zero fucking consistency. We kind of get the colour of a dress consistent. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, anything is up for grabs in terms of fucking switcheroo. <laughs> it was all a bid to keep Jeremy because she could see what was happening between them. So she couldn't bear the thought of losing him and uh, she made up the illness to make him stay with her. But you might remember, listeners, because this is one thing we definitely haven't forgotten, that she wasn't going to tell him. Mm. So like, like, I guess the whole thing was a ruse. I don't know. At this point, I remember just being so shocked. I like threw the book down and ran for my phone to text you, just going, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he faked it. <laughs> I can't uh, believe it. <laughs> I was also the same when I read it. And just when I was going back through it, doing the notes, I was like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she's telling Liz now. I mean, even knowing what we find out later, I don't really know why she's telling Liz now. No, but to be fair, it's a great fucking bombshell. Oh my God. (laughs) I literally gasped. And it's very convincing because like Liz is like, angry she's relieved she's um and sue like look i know what a terrible thing this was to do you know basically she acknowledges she's basically made liz really worry about her be really upset about her yeah and um she gives a hundred percent like unequivocal apology she does yes and like so much so that liz does kind of think 
you know, God, like, could, could she say for sure that she wouldn't do the same thing if she was in the same position? Um, so she reckons that Sue's explanation makes a sort of bizarre sense. Uh, so she kind of has to give Sue the benefit of the doubt. And she's just like, OK, well, look, I'm glad you're not actually sick. And I know I should be mad. But apparently she's just been so worried about her becoming deathly ill that mm-hmm. more than anything, she's just relieved that it was a false alarm. So she does say that she forgives her. She wants her to be healthy and happy. But Liz is also just like, what the fuck? Like she is real yeah. from this, which is fair enough. But like she does, you know, they they do kind of make things up and Sue thanks her for uh, for her forgiveness. And she says she feels so much better now that she's confessed and it's a load off her mind. And Liz's like, okay, let's forget it ever happened. So they shake on it. But like, yeah, when you kind of go to Liz's POV, then she is just like, like if that was a lie, has Sue lied about other stuff? Like she's just really kind of bamboozled by this, mm-hmm. which again, very fair reaction. Yes. Has she lied about other stuff, Liz? Mm. Hmm. Well, we got to Winston, the fucking Aegis. Poor, long-suffering Winston. <laughs> he heard that it was Rigoberto's day off, and he has come in the hopes of having the new stylist, Tony, attempt to fix his, uh, his poor mangled mane. But uh, who should be there but Rigoberto? Oh, Jesus, he unexpectedly showed up just as, to- as Tony, Tony, just as Winston was getting comfortable, apparently with an ancient copy of Field and Stream. And I just really enjoy the thought of Winston reading Field and Stream while waiting to get his hair. From the 70s or something. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But yeah, so Rigoberto fucking shows up and he calls him William and he's so delighted to see him. He's like, oh, this is my special customer. Tony, step aside. Nobody touches his hair but me. So poor Winston is just like sinking into the chair about to cry because he's just like, oh, God. So he just can't get out of it. And uh, yeah, Rigoberto goes to town on his poor head. <laughs> Apparently Winston now knows what he'll look like when he's 60. He would look like his grandfather. He would be bald. So he's <laughs> got a shaved head, it sounds like, at the minute. And he's really not happy. <laughs> he says, at this point, it no longer seemed to matter whether anyone saw him or not. If anyone asked, he would mumble something about being in a really cutting edge band. That would shut them up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, poor Winston. <laughs> I actually did enjoy Winston's sort of weird hair subplot in this book. It's uh, it's not so exciting when you're describing it, but it is actually quite funnily written. It is, in fairness. So we cut to school where um, Jessica joins Amy in the classroom where the video club are going to show all their first videos. And uh, she's banging on about uh, this big bash that's going to be in the cabin. And uh, one of our faves over here is... Yeah, Dana. Hooray. So Dana Larson uh, wonders if this is about this Halloween party. Um, So yeah, they... Is it that they want to know if she's going to... Oh yeah, has she got a costume for it? Yes, she's asking her. So Dana laughs and is like, it's not even the middle of October yet, Jessica. So there's a fucking point for the calendar, I guess. Oh, Jesus. I guess it's early October then. But uh, Amy asks Dana if the droids are going to play. But Dana says that they haven't been asked, but they don't have anything else on that night. So Jessica's like, I'll arrange it. Just let me ask Jeremy. So she's going to sort it for the droids to have a gig uh, at this party. But uh, then it's time to watch some videos from the video club. It sure is. Well, uh, Amy goes first. Uh, Mr. Sims, the video club advisor, uh, introduces her and um, she declares that she wanted to show the moody side of Sweet Valley. Sure. (laughs) The darker, richer, less perfect side of our town. I mean, you could have gone across the wrong side of the tracks because we all know about that. Film the outside of Trisha Martin's gap. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the state of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's uh, it's only five minutes long. It's black and white, a very uh, nouvelle vague. Mm. And uh, Amy's films were the oldest buildings in the area. I presume they are from 1971. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act like you have old buildings. Come on now, sweet family. <laughs> Well, it does say some of the buildings looked very Spanish. Um, And there were shots of windswept beaches, dark alleys lined with bamboo and ancient oak trees. It made Sweet Valley look completely different, really accenting its culture and history. Well, we know all about its history because we've read all those sagas. (laughs) This is so true. Uh, Yes, and apparently the scene with Jessica in it came out well and had a moody, wistful feeling and everyone's really impressed. I mean, as well, it might have a moody, wistful feeling given her history with that peer thing mean murder peer <laughs> <laughs> what was everybody thinking Jesus is that the peer that your mom fell <laughs> off fucking R.I.P. Black Lightning I guess <laughs> <laughs> gone but not forgotten by us yeah forgotten by everybody else forgotten by everyone else <laughs> <laughs> So every anyway, everyone's impressed by Amy's film. Then it's time for for Winston's movie. Uh, he, but he's not here. Uh, somebody says he's at the Telly Savalas lookalike contest. Oh, for Winston, he's been scalped. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, I guess he's in hiding because of his hair. Um. <laughs> but uh, Amy's gonna put the video on because it's all like VCR tapes and uh, the teacher is like roll them and Amy says to like I don't know she doesn't give a proper introduction so um, she just whispers to Jessica that it's about the most romantic places in Sweet Valley and again this does not seem like a suitable school project I know like it starts up with a close-up of the road sign pointing to Miller's Point and everyone starts hooting and whistling (laughs) it's like okay this is where we're starting with this so but then apparently the movie takes on a dreamy sweet quality uh, as the uh, screen shows colourful softly focused views of the rose garden at the uh, botanical garden that apparently Sweet Valley has had this entire time okay everyone's really impressed then it kind of it seems to kind of go from kind of funny to like quite wistful so it goes to like a, a, a a booth in the dairy burger and everyone laughs and then it goes to some like fucking alcove in the museum sure why not and Scott Uh, Trost says whoa I didn't even know about that one (laughs) Jessica's taking notes taking literal notes oh yeah she's all over this Uh, but then the scene eventually changes to a cloudy day at the beach and there's hardly Mm. anyone around so the camera kind of pans around there's couples walking around it's Moon Beach apparently which is of (gasps) course the beach where Jessica had called Sue and Jeremy's wedding to a halt so Jess is watching all this and suddenly notices there's a man walking along a wall (coughs) he's got tangled sun-streaked blonde hair and an easy tiger's walk (laughs) (laughs) well those of us who remember Bruce moving with the grace of a young lion knows that Jessica knows Jessica likes a cat-like tread she enjoys a big cat I mean that's kind of her vibe yeah Tony the Tiger better fucking watch out (laughs) she's great But yeah, she reckons this man looks exactly like Jeremy. So <gasps> asks Amy, like, when did Winston film this? And Amy's like, well, it was cloudy that day. So it must have been the same day that we were filming on the pier, mm-hmm. uh, which was about two weeks ago. Apparently it hasn't been cloudy since then. Not a single cloud in the sky in Sweet Valley. But Jess thinks she's just going mad and she's just so in love that she's seeing him everywhere. And that's all that this is. Mm. Uh, but yeah, because apparently this figure on the, the beach is kind of far away from the camera, very small on screen, but he moves like Jeremy and walks like him, shakes back his hair like him. It was really weird. 
Uh, and then a dark haired woman uh, stands up and walks over to meet the guy. He puts his arms around her and they kiss deeply and everyone starts fucking hooting and clapping again. Bill Chase slaps an imaginary high five and someone please explain what the fucking imaginary high five is to me. Is that is just, just like slapping your hand in the air? Is it a self five? Is that- it just your hand in the air and nothing happens? Like it's very weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, so this couple are kind of walking towards the camera a bit, but then this golden headed man looks up and spots the camera. He says something to the woman and they turn and head in the other direction and everyone kind of has a big laugh about, oh, they want some privacy. But Jessica is the only one not smiling. And she's like, OK, these are definitely total strangers because your Sue, you know, is in the Wakefield house all day and Jeremy's in Costa Rica. So these things mm-hmm. are true. But if I didn't know that, she kind of thinks she would have sworn that the guy was Jeremy and the woman was Sue. So she's just like, OK, I'm going crazy because I haven't seen him in so long. That's all that this is. Just a few more days. I need to get my act together. So she's really just kind of like, yeah, this is just overactive imagination. And, and that's that's what's happening here. But again, reading this, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I literally gasped. I loved this so much. Like, I didn't see this coming. No, not at all. This is fucking great. I'm that's so happy. <laughs> Genuinely a twist. And you know, it's rare that happens in these books that we don't see them coming. Between the cover and the fucking blurb, it was so spoilery. And even knowing that going in, this was all still real proper gasp worthy stuff. So I was just like, okay, fucking nice one. Let's do this thing. What else have you got? I mean, and I genuinely, I think it's genuinely clever. Like it's it's obvious, but also (laughs) effective. Like all the times you see Jeremy, it's really vague about where he is. Mm. He's looking at some waves. Yeah, it's warm. He's in the sunshine. Mm. It's all very nondescript. Yeah. Well, we cut to the Oracle office that day, that month, who knows, (laughs) where Liz is the only features journalist to ever file a piece a day early. (laughs) She's the first person in the world to do it. (laughs) And uh, Mr. Collins is very (laughs) impressed. Um, uh, He he looks meaningfully around at the other staffers, but obviously in jest because they all laugh. And um, Liz says she just, you know, she got it done because she's just so enthusiastic about the girls' classes that she thinks they should do sci- girls only science classes because they're all doing so much better and um you know they were never encouraged to ask questions before mm. but now they're just like they're galloping along and uh he's got some really you know she's got st- statistics to back it up and mr collins is impressed she's interviewing primary school kids who are doing a similar program and um uh the the girls are really enjoying it there too uh the boys are not for pretty unsettling reasons oh god yeah one boy said he liked looking at girls during class uh and another boy thought uh having girls in class made the class nicer and quieter so they really start them young on the track to being feral assholes it seems like seriously because even the primary school kids are just like off the leash and nobody knows what's going on (laughs) well it's also unsurprisingly extremely heteronormative environment because Mm. liz uh talks about one fifth grade male chauvinist piglet who liked girls in class because it made him look better and says, uh, please, I feel sorry for his girlfriend when he grows up. Um, And basically they all seem, this is when it becomes clear, they all believe it's nature, not nurture. Mm. Oh yeah, totally. Like it's, yeah, because Tina starts laughing and she's like, oh, it's hard to believe kids are so different, male and female, even at such a young age. And they kind of have all this sort of banter about it. And it's just like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I know it's the 90s, but like, come on. Yeah, But then... (laughs) Mr. Collins has some news about Liz's articles. 
Oh my God. Well, like she's so amazing uh, that her series is going to be picked up by the local news service and her articles will start appearing in the Sweet Valley News next month. So she's in shock. <laughs> shock. But and now I have to say that after she'd worked for what was supposedly the most, had a front page scoop on what was supposedly the most prestigious newspaper in the fucking world. You'd wonder she'd be so excited about the old Sweet Valley News. I know, it wasn't she already in like one of the LA papers or something yes. back along as well. It's like the Sweet Valley News is fucking small potatoes for Liz Wakefield <laughs> at this stage. But apparently she is like speechless with shock over this. And I'm just like, no, nah, Liz, I am not buying this for a second. <laughs> well, Mr. Collins is uh, very pleased uh, with her and so is everybody else in fairness. Mm. And I hope this isn't the last we see of Mr. Collins for another 20 books. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, please bring him in here. Now that they're in school, it's like there's plenty of, you know, reasons to bring him in. Indeed. Well, she leaves the meeting and who should be waiting for her? The old Toddles. And she feels <laughs> the familiar wash of guilt that comes over her every time she sees him. Oh, God. Yeah, it is really awkward. Like, she's just, she super does not fancy him at the minute with this bad haircut and the moustache. But she tries to, like, talk herself out of it. She's like, you're being awful. It's Todd. Stop being so mean to him. But, like... She knows she's been treating him badly, but she can't stop. Uh, <laughs> but then kind of justifies it somewhat by saying apparently his attitude has changed. And all this about him calling her babe. Apparently he never called her babe before. She hates it, but now he's doing it. I don't know that his attitude really has changed awfully that mm. much. Like, or how much this is just Liz trying to justify <laughs> hating the moustache. I don't think he called her babe, so that's true. He did call her babe now earlier in this book. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that was after the haircut, wasn't it? Because she didn't like it then. It was, out, so, yeah. So, like, he says he, this is, she thinks that the haircut has has uh, caused him to, hmm. uh, and the moustache yeah. has started making him call her babe. So, um, I think that might be actually, I mean, I don't think the haircut and the moustache are causing it, but it, it definitely is a recent development. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she's thinking about this. She doesn't even realise that Todd is talking to her as she and Olivia um, and him walk out of the building. Mm. And um, she's like, sorry, what? And he says, oh, I said, do you want to write home? But says, I've asked twice and you've ignored me. I guess you don't. And he stomps <gasps> off. He does. So yeah, Olivia volunteers to, to give Liz a lift home. So uh, yeah, so Liz is like, okay, she really does need to kind of get a grip on what the hell is mm-hmm. going on here. Um, but I, actually, she does feel quite realistic in this. This mm. whole plot, uh, re- weirdly, because it's so ridiculous. But like, yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't fancy him with the moustache, but she feels really bad about it. But she just can't help, you know, the the heart or other this parts. Is, yeah, yeah, it's, want, it's what it wants. That's it. It's so funny because it's like of all the stupid fights and like misunderstandings that Liz and Todd have had, this is it's kind of the most ridiculous, but also in a way the most normal or like yeah. more, more <laughs> relatable of them. Like. <laughs> well, we cut to the casa. Is it that night? Is it tomorrow? Who knows? Um, Jessica's all excited. She's rushing to the bathroom to get ready and uh, she goes all West Side Story and starts singing tonight, tonight, I'll be with him tonight. Oh Jessica's God. like, or Liz is like, uh, what? He's finally arrived back in oh. town. God, yeah. So Liz is just like, oh, fucking great. This guy's back. Um, <laughs> so Jessica is fit to burst. She's so happy <laughs> that he's back and they're going on a date tonight. Um, Yeah, so apparently he's been gone for almost two whole months at this stage. The Halloween party is the day after tomorrow. So I don't know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're the 29th of October, I guess. Sure, why not? 
So yeah, she announces that uh, this is going to be um, the Halloween party is going to be where her and Jeremy are going to officially announce uh, their engagement. Uh, she's like, I hope everyone will be cool about it. <laughs> so um, yeah, so this is going to be their big like party where they're officially declared an engaged couple. So she's really fucking buzzing now for this party. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so she kind of feels like, you know, we both know we're going to be together forever. So she's like, so we don't have to make a huge statement now, apart from the fact that she literally is going to stop this party mid-flow to <laughs> announce that her and Jeremy are engaged. But that's not actually a huge statement, I guess, when you're from Sweet Valley. Aww. But uh, yeah, so she's kind of like, look, we're just going to play it cool uh, once we do this. Uh, because of course, she still has to live at home. So they're going to try to avoid any huge blow-ups for a while. And she's like, I also don't want Milford Military Academy brought up again. Um, yeah, so she's just like, look, we're just going to try not to upset anybody, basically, mm. once once he's back and we're we're back on track. And then she says, what are you doing tonight? Where's the toddster? <laughs> and uh, Liz reveals they hardly aren't even dating anymore because they just haven't, they're going to the Halloween party together, but mm. they haven't been out, you know, together outside of school for almost a week. Um, so she's planning to go to a film with Sue and says, like, please don't go to the Valley Mall because we can't have Jeremy and Sue running into each other. And Jessica's like, oh, we're just going to walk on the beach and go to Miller's Point. And Jessica urges, or Liz urges Jessica to be careful. And Jessica mm. just dismisses her and is like, oh, yeah. you worry too much. So later, Liz and Sue are making plans for the film. And uh, Liz wants to see a new movie out by Rufus Barry because she loves British humour. Yes, and Sue, <laughs> Sue agrees. She's like, yes, let, let's go see. Happiness is a warm scone. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking title. <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh my God, that's the one book you read, Ghostwriter is one of the fucking werewolf ones. <laughs> like, gotta get the skulls in. It's what the people want. <laughs> oh, and is it meant to rhyme with, is it meant to be like, happiness is a warm scone. Like, happiness is a warm gun. Oh yeah, I assume so. Like, yes, which is like, <laughs> what is the implication? What is this film about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's a genteel comedy about misunderstandings in a big fancy house. <laughs> well... <laughs> And then the vicar comes in. Sure. <laughs> you know, the usual. Yes. Uh, but then Sue surprises Liz with a question about uh, the party, because it turns out she's going to the Project Youth Halloween bash. Project Nature. There's or Project a whole, Nature, I can't you know, say Project Youth. It's like, they literally like cannot name things to save their lives sometimes. Like every charity is Project something or other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Liz is surprised that Sue is going to the party, but then she kind of thinks, well, okay, of course she's going because she works for Project Nature. So of course she'd know all about it. Um, so uh, yeah, so she, yeah, because Sue has asked if if Liz and Todd are like coordinating their costumes, because Jesus Christ, is it a law that you have to coordinate your costumes if you're in oh a couple going to sort of like a fancy dress thing? It's so strange. Apparently it is because they're always doing it. We've had full plot lines about this That's in the past. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, but Liz just says that, look, um, she's just going to resurrect last year's costume of a black cat, apparently, and she doesn't know what Todd is going to be. So Sue reveals that she's going to be a witch, which we already know from the uh, the cover, of mm-hmm. course. But uh, but she's really looking forward to the party. And Liz is like, yeah, it's going to be great. And then she kind of notices a faint shadow on Sue's neck <laughs> and she kind of gets worried for a second. She's like, oh, it looks like a bruise. I hope Sue hasn't tried to hurt herself. I was like, it's a hickey. Come on now. For like- fuck's sake, Sue. <laughs> or I'm like... Sue, Sue, what are you thinking? <laughs> For fuck's sake, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
Okay, I can't say who might have given uh, this hickey in case there's anybody out there who has not figured it out, but both (laughs) of you should know better. Come on. Honestly. (laughs) Well, anyway, Sue says uh, the reason she's going to this party is to show everybody she doesn't have any hard feelings about Jeremy and Jessica. She can't bear the thought of people feeling sorry for her. And if she stays Mm. at home that night, everybody's going to be like, oh, poor Sue. And she just can't bear this. Yeah. So uh, Liz says she understands and she hopes Sue's strong enough to handle it. And Sue says, yes, I'm ready to move on with my life without Jeremy. But Liz isn't sure if the smile reaches her eyes. (gasps) We cut to the beach cafe where Jessica uses every ounce of willpower not to fling herself around uh, Jeremy, but uh, apparently she's being Ms. Maturity. Okay. (laughs) But it's hard to believe. (laughs) I know. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. But anyway, look, he sweeps her up in his arms and twirls her around and she's fucking delighted um, because she's made it through the last two months and now he's home again and everything's great. Um, So she just admires how good looking he is and they just kiss for ages. and it gets a bit like he has an erection. <laughs> well, this is going on. There's a lot of like he's breathing harder. His voice thickens. Mm. He's whispering things like you almost make me lose my head hoarsely. Like it is. He's a grown adult and it's gross. It's gross. It's gross. Oh God, yes. Because at that point, then he's like about losing his head. He's like, yes. At least one of us can remember that you're underage. He tells her, and she laughs. And I just fucking want to claw my eyes out. I hate it. There's so much about him, like panting and like his (laughs) voice being, you know, his eyes glittering and his voice sounding a bit funny, and it's just oh god, so sordid. My notes just say, oh Christ. (laughs) No, thank you. So she tells him all the like the cool high school gossip, which like every fucking 23 year old would give a shit about. And um yeah, apparently she jokes that Lila should tell Robbie to like draw her naked instead. Ha ha ha. Um and uh of course Lila won't wouldn't no. do anything of the kind. In fact, throws a hot dog bun at Jessica's face for suggesting such a thing. There you go, yeah. So then she uh she fills him in about how Todd and Liz are doing as well. Like as if oh, like, like who cares? Gives a fuck. Basically, she just yeah gives out about all that. Then Jeremy, as they're kind of catching up on everything, says, "And what about Sue? No ill effects from her suicide attempt." And Jessica freezes because she's like, "How the fuck does he know about that?" Because she mm-hmm. knows she did not mention it to him on purpose, like in their conversations. And she's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, you know, just because I love you and want to marry you doesn't mean you know I was glad when you told me about it. Is she okay now?" And Jess is like, I never told you about it, but she is fine now. And he's like, oh, yeah. no, you did. You know, you mentioned it in passing. Uh-huh. And Jessica is kind of questioning this now because she knows, like, she made such a point of not telling him. And like Liz was giving her shit about it. But then Jeremy is so sure that she did tell him. She starts questioning herself. She's like, God, maybe I did. And I couldn't remember. So he starts changing the subject then and talks about the party and she's all excited about it. Um. So, yeah, so they kind of move on from that quickly. But... Yeah, she's very troubled. She is, yeah. She's kind of like a bit uneasy about this. But then he starts talking about how the costumes he's after getting for them are amazing and she's going to love them so much and they're a surprise. So she's just all excited about that and kind of gets sidetracked about her excitement yeah. with the party. She does say, I hope it fits. And Jerry says, don't worry. I made sure it was a perfect size six. <laughs> bin. Get in the bin. Everyone in the bin. I hate them all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we cut to the casa where Sue and Liz are getting ready to go to the film when Todd arrives and Liz's like, oh, fuck, a few more minutes. I'd have been out of here. <laughs> Poor old Todd. Yeah, oh. so he, he turns up and he's like, this will just take a minute. And he's really gruff with her and closes the door of the bedroom. And she's like, uh, I need to keep this door open when you're visiting. And he's like, look, we just need a few seconds. So she asks him what's going on. And he's like, well, you know, he, he kind of gives her some shit for like having plans on Friday night without asking him first. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit like, mm, I don't know about that, but obviously they're just not really talking at the minute. So they're completely out of sync. And he just accuses her of avoiding him uh, and treating him like garbage for weeks. Just, <gasps> he says, you won't kiss me anymore. You don't want to go out and do things. I'm sick of it. Why don't we just break up now and get it over with? And Liz is shocked by this. Yeah. Kind of seemed to have convinced herself she could just ride this whole thing out and he'd just get rid of it and everything could go back to normal. But she's like, but what are we supposed, but we're supposed to go to the Halloween party together. And he's like, yeah, what are you going to dress as? A witch? Because you sure have been one lately. (laughs) He's so angry, he jams his backward baseball cap firmly down at his head. He means business, you guys. (laughs) And Liz says, okay, I'll go as a witch if you dress as a complete idiot, which is what you've been. (laughs) Oh, God. And he's just like, what are you talking about? So she, uh, she just starts listing off all the things she hates at the minute. She's like, you look awful. Uh, she's like, it's a stupid moustache, that grotesque growth you call your moustache. It's hideous. You look like you should be out stealing cars or something. I hate it. I mean, less of the classes of Liz, but also I bet he does look terrible. So, you know. know, you just know he does look dreadful. But oh God, yeah. So this has all been building up in Liz for the last two months, I guess. Two months. Uh, and so it's all just coming out now and she knows she's being mean, but like she just can't help it. Like it's all just spilling out. She's like, your haircut is shit as well. And Tom's like, what's wrong with my haircut? It's totally cool. Uh, and then she's like I hate it you look like a surfer geek whatever what? the hell that is why don't say what the hell is that Which doesn't make sense uh, she's like you've been calling me babe I hate that uh, Todd insists that all guys call their girls babe um, so he's like okay well you know he calls her Miss Picky and Judgmental Wakefield, which, you know, kind of fair too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, the kids at school think his moustache is hot and this is a totally radical haircut. <laughs> and maybe I just won't call you anything anymore, as in I won't be calling you at all. Um, My yeah, don't so say just... this is the best fight they've ever had. It the only entertaining is. fight they've ever had. You know, it is, because usually we just skip their fights because they're so tedious. But this one is kind of funny because like she is being mean, but the moustache does sound fucking awful. And Todd is just like, what do you mean? My moustache is cool. <laughs> so is my haircut. But they're all just snapping at each other. So they pretty much break up and he just stomps out. He's like, I'll let myself out. And he is out of there. Yeah. With a muttered snarl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to Robbie's gaff. Uh, Lila's turned up there. We're told it was unusual for a guy for her to be calling out a guy at his house. They almost always came to her place, and uh, <laughs> she's wearing quite an outfit, which I'm sure you'll describe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he invites her up to his room, but Mister November turns up and is like, "Oh, why don't shake Lila back to the family room?" This is actually a thing in this book. There's a bit earlier, the, in fact, the last. Um, scene I think when Todd turns up he goes up to her room closes the door and Liz is like oh mm. mom doesn't like it from the yeah yeah when the door was closed and Robbie's dad is the same so he... I do like that Robbie's dad is like you're not riding that underage girlfriend in my house Robbie <laughs> <laughs> go in the sitting room and talk to her <laughs> Robbie primly says dad is nothing if not to circumspect <laughs> <laughs> Lila okay. is tickled by that <laughs> Yes So as my notes say Blah blah They reconcile Yeah um, So it goes on for ages But anyway he yeah. says Look you never feel around her She can draw these people But the only person He really sees is Lila uh, 
Then says, wait till you see the costume I made you. Because I guess being a painter makes him a costume designer too. Yep. It's all the same thing. <laughs> well, you, I mean, does that fall true for you? I've seen some of your fancy dress costumes, so I don't know. I think were... <laughs> Those things are put together with desperation and glue. There's very little sewing going on there. Well, the design skills, clearly there. <laughs> well, it's finally Halloween, I guess. Wow. <laughs> It's the night of the party and we learn what Jessica and Jeremy's matching costumes are. Oh my God. I think we can get into it because I feel like yeah. there's a good bit of costume stuff or clothing yeah. stuff in general to get on with here. So, oh, so yeah. it's on the cover. So it's on, it's on well, there's no, a version of it on the, co- on the cover. Like on the cover, she's Jeannie from My Dream of Jeannie. However, yes. in the actual storyline, she's dressed as Princess Jasmine from the Aladdin movie. Very contemporary so fucking contemporary like my notes here were just like these costumes are so current for 94 it's blowing my mind like because this isn't the only super current fucking reference and it's weird for Sweet Valley to actually have current references for the time that it came out and like it goes it goes into detail about her costume and like I'll get into it now because it it basically is a Princess Jasmine costume it's pale, (laughs) pale green like midriff top with sheer extremely full sleeves trimmed in gold like the harem style pants, also trimmed in gold. They're low-waisted, slim-hipped and flare out into billowy legs that taper to narrow ankles. Uh, small slippers are on her feet and she has a huge gold band with a fake pearl that holds her hair off her face. So like it is fully Disney Jasmine yeah. from Aladdin costume. Yeah. Which is gas. Like. I'm, I'm genuinely shocked. So surprised. <laughs> Well, uh, Jessica is a bit worried about Jeremy. Apparently she's hardly seen him. He does say she he's only been back two days and I presume mm. some of this time she's been at school. But anyway, um, <laughs> but she thinks, oh, he's just worried about the party. Tonight's everything's going to be perfect. So she's convincing herself it's all fine. Yeah. And uh, when she sees Liz is just dressed up as a boring old cat, which she did last year, um, Jessica is like, why didn't you get a new costume? And she's sort of taken aback by Liz's lack of enthusiasm. But she says, look, Todd, me and Todd broke up. I just can't be arsed. I'd rather stay home. Yeah. Uh, Jessica says, frankly, Liz, the way Todd's been looking lately, you're better off without him. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, get with the program. That's what parties are for. You can scope out some new guy. And then grimly, she's like, you can get yourself an older man like Jeremy. And Liz is like, that is the last thing I want. <laughs> Literally says this. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, this is such a weird party. It's like a bunch of 16 year olds and a bunch of adults. Like it's it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I'm just thinking when I was 16, can you imagine if you turned up at a party and there were all these like 25 year olds? Oh my God. It would be so creeped out. Like, be so freaked out. In a fucking cabin in the woods. Oh God, run away. (laughs) (laughs) But then Sue knocks on the bedroom door and literally says, knock, knock, in a sing song tone, which, I mean, come on, Sue, tone it down. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, she's putting the finishing touches on her simple costume. Yes, so she's she's gone full witch mode. She's uh, She's got black leggings, black turtleneck, uh, which is what she'd planned anyway. She's got a long swirling cape and a pointy black witch's hat, a long bedraggled black wig on her head, and amazingly, a light green tint all over her face. I love she just like threw these things together. It's like this is her simple costume, <laughs> including full body Wicked oh Witch of the West makeup. God, it's so funny. But I do, you know what? Fair play to Sue for going like green-faced witch rather than like sexy witch you know like, yeah. <laughs> she's got dark circles painted in under her eyes and everything so good for you Sue I'm thinking grot bags and I like it 
<laughs> just do a Google image search for grot bags, listeners, and North American <laughs> listeners, and all will be revealed all over the world, <laughs> listeners, and you'll appreciate yeah. this uh, stylish look. Well, they all start getting ready and Sue thinks it's like old times when Sue first arrived, uh, when they all hug out together, gallivanting all over Sweet Valley. I mean, that lasted about 24 hours yeah. before Jeremy turned up. But um, <laughs> now Liz feels a sharp sense of foreboding as she looks at her sister and Sue being carefully polite to each other, pretending they didn't take each other. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut to Project Nature's cabin where the party is already jumping, apparently. Um, so Jessica, it's a warm night and Jessica literally prances ahead looking oh, for Jeremy. She is on one. Yeah, she's buzzing. Cannot wait to get in here. <laughs> Sue admiringly says she's so full of life. And Liz dryly says that's one word for it, which is the kind of thing we say. I know. It's like, damn, Liz, <laughs> step on our territory. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wishes she could go home, uh, but you know, she you knows she's like she's the designation. Well, no, they're all designated drivers. What am I saying? Because they're too young to drink. They're children, <laughs> yeah, they're on diet coke. It's all fine. <laughs> um, so they uh, they walk past the stage where a band uh, called allegedly the Non Toxic Avengers, which is of course a reference to a Troma Studios B movie from the from the eighties. Wasn't oh, it 80s, surely. Maybe early 90s, the Toxic yeah. Avenger. Mm. Um, but uh, Liz recognizes a familiar face on yes. stage. She thinks she can uh, spot Dana Larson's grin beneath the female mummy's rapidly loosing bandages. <laughs> Hooray! It's been a while since the droids have played. So true. Good for them to get a bit of screen time. Yeah. Well, Liz sees Jessica literally leap into the arms of a sun streaked blonde Aladdin. Oh, <laughs> and uh, Sue is uh, impressed by Robbie November. Yeah, she, she sees a tall, dark Dracula uh, sweep <laughs> interview. Uh, so he's got a cape, long white fangs. And they're like, oh, my God, Robbie, you look amazing. So he camps it up going, darlings, in a foreign accent. You look delicious. <laughs> <laughs> they laugh nervously. I mean, oh, come God. on. Oh, this is you shouldn't be at a Halloween party if this scares you. <laughs> Maybe it's all the fact that they're surrounded by actual adults and Liz is actually getting a bit oh, uneasy. Now. <laughs> yeah, well, that should scare you. Yeah. And then Lila turns up, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but this is the second Mona Lisa costume we have had in the last 10 books. What was the other one? I can't think. Olivia and her weird stalker, remember? Oh shit, you're right. Oh my I, god. And hers was like in a painting, remember? Oh she my had like god. a frame. You're totally right. I had completely forgotten that. Oh my god. I had to yeah, think about they, it because I was like, somebody else dressed as about Lisa, but who? Because yeah. they're so like, this is such an amazing novel idea. But like, yeah, apparently Lila has come as the Mona Lisa. This is a dress that Robbie has made for her because sure, okay. why not? Uh, everyone's wicked impressed anyway. And he calls her his Mona Lila. So everyone's like, this is amazing. You're brilliant. Yeah, poor Olivia. I mean, no one appreciates her, but though I have to say, I'm just glad that I'm, the one thing I can be completely happy with them retconning out of existence was uh, the Olivia's, guy. yeah, yeah, weird millionaire stalker. Mm, no, didn't like that. <laughs> and then they meet Winston and Maria, and their costumes are amazing. They, do you know what? I think we're going to keep them for the end because we've gone through people's costumes and. <sighs> These are so good. I'm, it's I'm going to hold so on to them. so good. Okay, we're gonna have to, you're going to have to quote their, some of their uh, dialogue. Oh, I will, don't you worry. 
Well, then Todd appears dressed as a wizard and asks Liz to dance. And she does really genuinely miss him. So she says yes. But then she realises something's missing. His stupid moustache is gone. Oh. Right. <laughs> so, yes, he uh, says he was sick of it. And he cut his hair, too. Oh, yeah. So she's like, you look amazing. You've never looked this handsome before in your life. So she's delighted to dance with him. So they're all good again as well now. All it took was a quick shave. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, oh, Maria and Winston are about to hit the dance floor and then Maria somehow, for exposition reasons, says, where's Sue? And Winston's like, oh, she went to get something to drink, I think. And um, ah, I can't say what quote his next line because it will reveal their costumes. But it's quite good. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Yeah. So meanwhile, Jer- Jessica is looking for Jeremy. Lila hasn't seen him uh, and Lila's having a great time, but uh, Jessica is not. No, so she's really despondent Lila kind of notices uh, and she's like well what's wrong Jeremy's back like so why aren't you absolutely delighted so Jessica's like well that's what I kind of thought but apparently she's hardly seen Jeremy since he's been mm-hmm. back again it's literally been two days but apparently uh, a while ago he said he was going to get them something to drink and she hasn't seen him since mm-hmm. so Lila's like look at this probably just a really long line for drinks like this isn't a big deal um, but Jessica insists that it's the whole way he's been acting apparently ever since he got back he's been preoccupied like she's not even there he's busy all the time uh, she doesn't know what he's doing. She just has a bad feeling about it, like something bad is going to happen. But um, Lila's like, look, you're probably just still feeling weird because he's been gone for so long. You'll get into a rhythm and it'll be fine. Just, you know, try and relax. But Jess is unconvinced. And when Robbie comes along and like starts being all cute with Lila, Jessica's like, oh, God, I'm out of here. I'm going to go find Jeremy. <laughs> we have another example of Jessica's new habit of giving people cute little nicknames because she thinks it's easy for her with Robberino hanging all yeah. over <laughs> Robberino, that's right, because she's like she's mad for like the Toddster and the Robster earlier on in this book, so she's really just throwing out all the nicknames. Marino. <laughs> well, Liz and Todd are still on the dance floor, and she apologizes for being so mean. Uh, but Todd says, "Look, it's amazing you put up with it for as long as you did, because <laughs> apparently when he shaved it off, his mother took one look at her and pretended to faint with happiness." <laughs> yeah, she'd been hating it too, but didn't want to say anything. But she's delighted that it's gone as well. So yeah, uh, everything's good now. <laughs> Well, meanwhile, Jessica is in an even worse mood than she was a few minutes ago. She thinks, this really stinks. I'm Jessica Wakefield, not some hapless Frenchman who can't hang on to a boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, after this OTG moment, she uh, she's heads off through the crowd to look for him. Then she has a horrible thought, because she hasn't seen Sue in Ooh. ages. Hmm. Yeah. So she thinks to herself that surely Sue is after grabbing poor Jeremy. She's dragged him off someplace and is now bending his ear with a bunch of pitiful whining about how he shouldn't have left her. So she's like, oh, God, OK, I shouldn't have trusted Sue. Uh, I'm going to have to try and find her now. And she's like, she she's like Sue's fake blood disease, her suicide attempt. I bet that wasn't even real. Jessica thought cynically. But also we didn't see Jess being filled in about the fake blood disease. Yeah, I don't thing. think she I don't think Liz would have told her. I don't think so either. But anyway, Jessica knows. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, she then recalls that uh, Jeremy's been so weird. Like he he'd never he was never there when she rang, and then he made her leave the airport before he boarded his plane. <laughs> he how sure did. Even, how do I even know he got on a stupid plane to Yemen? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and also the video that Winston had made she was just like okay she's starting to freak out a bit uh feels like she's losing her mind so all her thoughts are just kind of swirling she feels like she's being paranoid it sounds like she's having a bit of a panic attack really oh, that's um, what my notes say she is having yeah, a panic attack she is so she's just freaking out she has to get outside just where it's quiet to just kind yeah. of gather herself for a minute so she heads off outside the cabin uh into the woods and just like leans against a tree and kind of slows her breathing calms herself down 
So she's starting to feel a bit better then. But like, yeah, she was really everything was kind of getting on top of her there for a second. So she just just needed a minute to uh, to cool off. And then she hears the murmuring of voices, the slithery crush of leaves and bushes as they were pushed aside. <laughs> and then the unmistakable sound of kisses. And of course, she's like, oh, oh, oh this is hilarious. Wonder who it is. Um, and partly perving on People like making out is hilarious. So to smother her laughter, uh, she stands up straighter because she can't resist taking a tiny peek to have something funny to gossip about in school on Monday. Like she literally thinks it could be Winston and Maria, Lila or Robbie. How's that gonna, you're going to say I saw them getting off with each other in a wood? How's yeah. funny gossip? They're going with each other. Like, yeah, obviously they go. I suppose maybe there's the chance that it'll be an unlikely couple or something mm. like that. But yeah. maybe she's going to get more than she fucking bargained for. <laughs> well, maybe she is. So she's <laughs> creeping around like the little weird peeping Tom she is. <laughs> and then uh, she sees a flash of somebody's costume. But then she thinks she was dreaming. She had to be dreaming. Soon she would wake up and laugh at the stupidity and cruelty of this dream. <laughs> Not ten feet away, Jeremy, the love of her life, her dream man, the man she had risked going to boarding school for. <laughs> the man she broke up a fucking wedding for. <laughs> Forget about that. Just well, anyway, that man was holding another woman, kissing her passionately, pressing her against a tree and holding her head in place so that she could kiss her more deeply. The woman was Sue. Oh my god! <laughs> Amazing, so good. Like even though the book kind of ruined it for us with the cover and everything else, this is still really fucking good. <laughs> it's so dramatic. It's such a good twist. Like it I have is. to say that if apart from the fact that he's twenty three, which makes it all gross, the yeah. idea of them both fucking with Jessica is oh brilliant. God. I, like, I just I so wish he wasn't a fucking sex offender and that the yes. ages were a bit better here because I'm so on board with people just fucking with the Wakefields. Like I need more. of. <laughs> it's so satisfying. It really is. But anyway, they break apart. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy's like, it's not what it looks like. It's like, <laughs> it is very clearly exactly what it looks like. So he's like, we weren't doing anything. Jesse's like, save us. You deserve each other. And she runs away crying, of course. Of course, uh, yeah. First oh, time we've back. had a runs away crying for a while. Oh, do you know what? You're right, actually. God, these books really are different. Things are not how they used to be at all. <laughs> she, uh, she stumbles uh, into the party in bits. Uh, Todd is like, whoa, hold on there. Don't let that Diet Coke go straight to your head. But then he sees that she's properly upset. So Liz is like, oh my God, what's going on? So Jessica fills them in that she saw Jeremy and Sue together. Um, she breaks down crying. Todd is like, that jerk. I'm going to go find him. And Liz is like, okay, no. <laughs> he also, we're told Todd swore softly under his breath. <gasps> Swearing? Oh my goodness. What did he say? I bet he said, darn it. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang also, it, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that Todd would be so sympathetic. Nah, same. Um, Given his history with this bitch. <laughs> so true oh god but anyway Jessica is miserable she's like he was just using me he wants Sue after all he wants her money but then Liz is like but she doesn't get the money now it hasn't been two months and Jessica's mm. like it doesn't matter like they're together I have to get out of here she's like give me the keys to the jeep and Liz is like absolutely not you're way too upset to drive I'll take you so she apologises to Todd because they're just they have to bail out now and Todd's like oh that's okay she'll look I'll, I'll I'll probably go home soon myself it won't be any fun without you here he gazed lovingly into her eyes and 
Jessica's like, can we hurry it up here? My heart is bleeding all over the ground. <laughs> Which is very funny because you can just picture the two of them like gazing at each other and just being like, we need to fucking go. <laughs> so they head out and just as Liz is pulling out in the Jeep, Jeremy literally runs up to them and is like, honey, again, honey, like yeah. such a Ah, anyway, uh, wait a minute, can't we talk? And Jessica's just crying, basically, and like, I don't want to see you again. And Jeremy, the fucking idiot, says, Liz, help me out here. And Liz couldn't believe his nerve, we're told, and neither can I. Honestly, I don't know how he thought this was a branch to cling to, because she's like, I would not help you if you were falling off a cliff. Now take a hike, you two-timing jerk, before I run you over. Hooray! So peels away in the Jeep, manages to spray gravel all over Jeremy, <laughs> which does sound very fucking satisfying. I do like this. <laughs> well, back at the casa, Liz tries in vain to comfort Jessica with popcorn and hot chocolate. And uh, she's like prepared to hit Sue with some questions when she comes home. Um, but she does think, what can I say? She thinks, Riley, how dare you steal your fiancé back from my sister who stole him from you in the first place? <laughs> she also thinks, why do either of them even want this two-timing creep? <laughs> so then there's a knock on the door and Liz is like, oh, fuck, this is Jeremy. He's going to come in. He's going to talk her back. Yeah. And so she says, no, I'm going to get the door and thinks that that two-timing louse has the nerve to show up here. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Um, and she thinks maybe Jessica's actions hadn't been particularly admirable <laughs> lately, but all the same, nobody got away with tweeting on her, cheating on her twin sister. And uh, who should it be but, quote, the rat himself? <laughs> well, there he is. Yeah. So she, before you can even say anything, she's like, you know what, if you're here to make excuses to my sister, forget it. She's had it with you. Uh, and she slams the door in his face before he can <gasps> say anything at all. Then Jessica runs out and she's like, no, wait. Um, so she opens the door to Jeremy. She, When she sees his handsome face, she's about to melt. For a moment, she didn't care. She just caught him with Sue. So she gazes up into his eyes, uh, but suddenly realizes the look on his face. And it's one that she'd never seen before. It's fear. <gasps> it's Sue, Sarah, Jeremy said, his face ashen. She's disappeared. What the fuck? <laughs> that is the end. Oh my god! And there is a little kind of readout because it's yeah. like, what's happened to Sue Gibbons? Find out the shocking truth in Sweet Valley High, one hundred and ten. Death threat. <laughs> the second book in this spellbinding three-part miniseries. Oh, get the hell out of here! The back of my book says third title, spellbinding five-part miniseries. Oh, for the love of God. Uh, nobody knows what the hell is going on. <laughs> well, I know what we can rely on. Stats and outfits. Goddamn right we can. <laughs> Share them, please. Okay, so uh, the Wakefield Blondness got mm -hmm. a wonderful 10 mentions. <gasps> which we just... are back on form. You just love to see it. Uh, the Blue Two. Green Eyes uh, got 11 mentions. Oh la la. Like... Fucking wonderful. I love it. Uh, then Jeremy uh, is creeping up behind, as usual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then he is. His blonde hair got seven mentions uh, and his dark eyes got six mentions. So, that's, I mean, that's pretty high for a non-Wakefield. That is um, a huge amount. And then people cry 15 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a lot. A lot of crying. Uh, in outfit terms, then, we have got Lila early on is going for a date with Robbie and she's wearing a white linen dress because 
fucking Lyle Fowler. She doesn't spill food all over herself like the rest of us mere mortals. She doesn't dress like a normal teenager in the mid 90s. She sure doesn't. Um, we see, oh, who is this? Oh, this is fucking Jeremy at some point. Uh, his shoulders are broad beneath his pine green polo shirt. Uh, his narrow hips encased in soft worn blue jeans. Oh, Jesus. The sexy clothes. And so also, <laughs> like for like a cool twenty three year old in nineteen ninety four. I'm sorry, square. <laughs> um, when Jess is leaving Jeremy at the airport, she is wearing a blue knit halter dress. I guess I could see that in the nineties. Yeah, mm. uh, there was a lot of probably a lot of like crochet and embroidery and stuff going on as well, wasn't there? So you know. Yeah. I think a knit, a knit dress. We could, I can uh, buy it. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. Uh, now, what have we got? We've got Liz. Uh, she is, oh, she's seeing Todd, I think, for the first time in ages. So she's wearing a short white denim skirt with a sleeveless plaid cotton blouse knotted at her waist, which sounds very cute, actually, but also more like something they would have worn on the cover of uh, was it Spring Break or the one with yes. Aunt Shirley. It's kind of like their Kansas attire. <laughs> I could see the TV twins wearing that though, like a oh, sleeve, a sort of tied waist top. Yep, yep, same. Mm. Uh, we have Grace Fowler at one point who is being waved off by Lila. She's looking chic in an off-white business suit with an Hermes scarf thrown over her shoulder. Oh my goodness! Dead at Grace. <laughs> 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 Just amazing working right there. Um, in the oh, in the incriminating video that Winston took, we have uh, who I guess is Sue, dark-haired woman dressed in shorts and a white fisherman sweater, which I'm taking to mean Aaron jumper. That's how I exactly how I pictured it. So yeah, yeah, I think so. I reckon so too. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Oh, Lila. Yes, one one of the times that her and Robbie make up, she has dressed with extra care. Uh, so she's wearing black velour leggings. <laughs> <laughs> with a, a cream crocheted sweater with a cream silk camisole underneath. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> at least we've got some silk. You know what? It wouldn't be the same without it. Exactly. Uh, then we're getting into the Halloween party. So we know all about the Jasmine outfit. Uh, Liz's cat outfit. Apparently it's a black velvet cat costume. Um yeah, it, it's, it's it's not particularly. It's eventful. boring. Yeah, it is. Um, then we had Lila as Mona Lisa. She's dressed oh. in a medieval-looking gown of olive green with a low neckline. Her hair is parted in the middle and hangs in shiny, rippled waves around her shoulders. Uh, but truly, the pièce de résistance is <laughs> Winston <laughs> and Maria. Oh my god! So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Liz laughs when she sees him because she's like Winston great costume and Winston's like it was the best I could do given what I had to work with and he runs his hand over his nearly bald head Maria's like isn't he sexy (laughs) because Winston is wearing a red Star Trek uniform from the new series Uh his his four collar studs and bald head identified him as Captain Picard (laughs) and Sue agrees he looks great she says he's almost as sexy as the real Jean-Luc Picard (laughs) Winston looks outraged. Almost. What do you mean? Almost. <laughs> and Maria's uh, uh, costume is uh, is pretty impressive because when oh Liz God. says, "I guess it was either that or the King from the King and I," Liz or Maria raises her paper cup and says, "You got it, ensign." <laughs> yes, because Maria is dressed as a Vulcan. She has. <laughs> 
pulled her dark hair back severely and found pointy ears to go with her own Star Trek uniform. And I fucking love this from the two of them. Oh. Uh, so later on then, uh, Winston is getting Maria to dance with him and he's like, come on, just one dance with your commanding officer. <laughs> and he pulls her out onto the dance floor and Maria says, aye aye, sir. <laughs> I love them. Fucking adorable. Love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are there any more outfits because this was incredible I mean, that was the headliner for sure so oh, I don't think we can top that yes. one <laughs> it can't be topped no. well listeners what did you think of Double Crossed Part 2 were you as shocked by the twist, twists and turns as we were I mean probably less shocked than I was because I didn't read the incredibly spoilery blurb but yeah. um, <laughs> that would have helped I, I, I can't believe that we are genuinely being surprised by anything that happens in the Sweet Valley book like Genuine, it's, it's I mean, so unexpected, but so nice. <laughs> I mean, genuine gasps. Mm. So, uh, thank you, uh, for uh, Ghost Rider, for despite your weird inconsistencies, you did actually <laughs> surprise us. You know what? Overall, they did pull it off, in fairness. It's just we do get hung up on the details. <laughs> we do, and I mean, no, that's what we're here for. Mm. Like, we it's tough love, but there mm-hmm. is some love there somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, uh, let us know what you thought. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram at SVH Podcast, where uh, you had plenty to say. Quite a lot of you are are pondering the time jump and the time (laughs) schedule. The Libby Grant said, once in a while, I entertained the idea that I should reread the entire series and try to come up with a plausible timeline for it all. And I think... We all want you to do this, Libby. So, you know, it's going to be a dreadful undertaking. But my God, yes, if you ever have a week or two to spare, because honestly, it would take so long. And also on the whole timeline situation, uh, Jen B's Gills said, uh, I'm sorry, I need a book between the last one and this one. I want details about the end of that wedding. The last we saw, Alice was consoling Sue, Liz legged to the Jeep, dragging Jessica behind, and Father Bishop was walking Nancy Jeremy down the beach. <laughs> what happened next? Did the guests all hang out for a while, gossiping about the scandal? Did the caterers serve the food anyway, figuring they shouldn't waste it? Who left first, Sue or Jeremy? Did they talk to each other like an awkward, well, see you around, I guess. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many questions. Honestly, like... <laughs> Well, speaking of questions, Sister Petty Confetti asked, are we doing Tag Yourself on here to... Yes, please continue oh to do Tag God. Yourself. Everybody is fucking incredible. I love um, it so much. <laughs> she said, because uh, I'm Liz's shitty 90s feminism, calling any attempt to ad- address systemic challenges sexist and pathologizing women's behavior with self-help books. <laughs> <laughs> Mia Clark Art uh, also uh, said I'm the severely lacking plot outline of Left at the Altar given as a guide to the writer of this book I was a 500 word last minute scramble written by a thoroughly hungover and disillusioned ghostwriter who just couldn't be arsed to care I contained mainly errors omissions and ambiguities Oh, I did like Maria Teresa Biblioteca coming through as always. I'm the postal carrier who has delivered important news to Casa del Wakefield twice now, and I'm secretly living for the drama. <laughs> <laughs> meow, cats, meow, pointedly said, I'm Prince Albert's leash gathering cobwebs under Jessica's bed. Oh. <laughs> 
Island Spaces said, I'm a Halloween party approximately two days after it was summer. Surprise, bitches. <laughs> Pippi Ann Shirley said, I'm the utter lack of parental, con- parental concern for my child's statutory rape. And yes. seriously, like, Ned, you're a lawyer. You drop that dude. ball. Oh. Um, she also said, "I'm I'm TVP texturized vegetable protein." Mary <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gibson said, "I'm the SVU course catalog." Lila picked up. <laughs> Maria Teresa Biblioteca uh, gave you know a rightful cry for justice and said, "I'm also Lila's lime green triumph." Utterly appalled that I've been used to facilitate a criminal liaison, but a teen and a grown adult predator. I deserve better. Oh my god, so true. <laughs> <laughs> Jen B's Gill said I'm Ned Analysis Parental Discipline more than a little relieved I've finally been called into service after having it pretty easy for the past 100 plus books oh my god and like we've read them all so far so we're going to have to finish them out now uh, because Plucky Insulin said I am the elegantly engraved extravagantly embellished coronation <laughs> invitation that spent several months surfing through slipping between and unfortunately sticking to lesser letters before finally arriving in the hands of the Wakefields now that she realises she wasn't snubbed Jessica is feverishly deleting snide remarks on her Twitter account about the new <laughs> queen after all Princess Eliana would never forget surviving werewolf scares and a cramped hostel bedroom with the wonderful Wakefields and totally invite them to her family's coronation celebration. <laughs> oh, please, please, please keep doing this. Um, and and please keep uh, sharing your revelations because Sister Betty Confetti had a revelation about the old counting backwards trick that Karen mentioned in the last episode. <laughs> do do that every so often. And unfortunately, every time I mention it, uh, poor Sister Betty Confetti dies a little inside. Not only have I been doing it myself for decades, I'm now a highly skilled mental health professional and I regularly advise clients to do it too. Does SVH count as peer-reviewed literature? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it does now. <laughs> we're reviewing it. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're. I mean, who are our peers now? Who are reviewing mm. us? Which counts? When does it count as peer reviewed literature? Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess we count as enough peers for Francine's empire to uh, to count as peer reviewed literature. So keep doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Tricktastic said talking about Nanda Dallas being embarrassed about the wedding if there's one thing they should be embarrassed for it's that it's taken them 109 books to realise their daughter is insanely dangerous oh my god but also, yes, uh, Liz makes it also had a great point about Ned and Alice, uh, where they're like, so Alice and Ned finally realise Jessica needs some responsible parenting and their immediate reaction is not to do this themselves, but shunt the task onto a boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> K.W. Thomas books also said, now I ain't saying he a gold digger, but he ain't messing with no appropriately aged women who don't potentially stand <laughs> to inherit a ready meal fortune. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Kelly81. I think spoke for many of us when she said, torn between wanting to know nothing and needing to know absolutely everything about <laughs> Ned's soul patch era. 
Oh God, so true. <laughs> uh, Claire PH had made a very good point uh, because she first of all said 100% Alison suit at the same psychiatrist who to tranked her up during Elizabeth's trial. Oh God. And uh, also said, uh, what kind of emotionally abusive mother writes her daughter out of her will knowing she has very little limited time to change it back if needed. Nancy, the real quick heiress of California was one cold <laughs> bitch. Holy shit, she sure was. <laughs> oh my god. Uh you you also had some things to say on uh on Twitter. Um uh Leia uh Jessica said, could Todd go anything but a terrible terrible mustache? He's not Poirot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did like um <laughs> Our pal Amy Clarkin was genuinely concerned about Sue's hydration levels uh, in part one. I- I'm just imagining her chugging Diorolite between rounds of crying to replenish her tear supply because Sue was just constantly crying at the start of that book. <laughs> Um, also, uh, a little blast from the past. Uh, Lucinka, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, said, petition to replace the cover of Sweet Valley's Murder on the Line with this. And it's a pulpy cover. Uh, can you describe it, Karen? I don't know if you have it in front of you, this oh. pulp edition. Oh, like it is It is full on, like incredible paperback pulp, like 40s cover, I guess. It's got like a femme fatale dame kind of like rising up out of the steam from a train. It's Looking great. She's holding a smoking gun. She is. Uh, she's all cheekbones and eyebrows. She's not taking any shit. And uh, yeah, there's this like green and red train in the foreground. It's very atmospheric. It's wonderful. And uh, honestly, it would make a much better cover <laughs> because, as uh, Lucinka says, uh, Cokehead Bill and his OT genus would fit surprisingly well in a vintage pulp thriller. And if you can't imagine our fave sociopath Jessica as the gal on the cover, you're a goddamn liar. And you are. I mean. <laughs> Facts, straight facts. <laughs> well, listeners, do keep, keep sharing your thoughts, your vintage pulp covers. Uh, <laughs> keep tagging yourself. We absolutely love hearing from you. Um, and if you love hearing from us, you can get us in your ears every single week by signing up for just five euro a month to Headstuff Plus. That's right. If you head on over to headstuffpodcast.com, you can sign up to support the show. You can Spread your money around if you want and support up to three shows on the network if you've got some other faves. That's okay. We don't get super jealous, just a little mm. bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Just once... support us if you like. <laughs> or that too. Uh, yeah, you can do so for as little as five euro a month. And if you do so, you get access to all the bonus content on the network and our bonus content too, which is, of course, our Pi Beta Alpha series that runs in the off weeks between regular Double Love episodes where we're chatting about the TV show and having a fucking great time doing so. Oh my God, so much fun. Um, we're obsessed with the show at this stage, as our private Alpha sisters know, and we know some of you are too. And uh, we uh, we really feel that uh, the Winston storyline, as we alluded to earlier, could be a reference to um, on-screen Winston, who is a mm. spectacular main. He's great hair, great comedic timing. We're kind of obsessed with him. We are. And he also got a very unfortunate haircut, which it's not really meant to be unfortunate, but we think it's... Uh, we we missed the long hair. Yeah, that's true. Yes. But uh, we did actually get a very funny tweet about oh, yeah. that where uh, at SuperShan20 on Twitter had a picture of the long hair and the short hair together of TV Winston with why Rigoberto, why? <laughs> Amazing work. I'd have to retweet that again. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. <laughs> well, uh, Pi Beta Alpha Sisters, we will see you in the clubhouse next week where I guess we're going to have more rocking because AJ, mm. AJ Hooray. has come to town. And we love him. <laughs> Really, we're as surprised as you are. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a sort of a grungy uh, a garage band person oh. um, in this universe, and he's really charming. So he we'll really have is. some, yeah, we'll have some more from him next week. But we will see everybody back in the main feed in two weeks' time <laughs> <laughs> when we find out what happens when somebody gets a. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Live long and prosper, as hey. Maria would say. <laughs> this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.